Hey there, it's John Chozik, former guest of the Laced Up Hockey Podcast, specifically episode 45, which was titled Gas Station Boner Pills. You might remember me as the guy who didn't talk much. I would like to congratulate James and Brutes on their 69th nice episode. 69 episodes is a very nice accomplishment. Hockey never stops being entertaining, but there's no better compliment to the sport than listening to the nice combination of James and Brutes talking about every nice thing that happens in hockey. It's nice to have them around, and I don't know what I would do without this nice podcast. Thanks to a couple of nice guys, and I wish them the best on another 69 nice episodes. Man, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Congrats to them. Luckily, Laszlo Holmes, who usually covers the Knicks for us here at MSG, is filling in for Paul while he's out. He's down there ringside now. How you doing down there, Laz? Uh, in a word, cold. Uh, it's very cold all around here. Uh, no, I'm just playing. I'm, I'm having fun here at the hockey game. Uh, lots of fun hockey going on. Lots of white dudes on skates running into each other at full speed. I don't get it. No, I'm just messing around. Uh, but very different from working at the Knicks games. Much colder. Laz, what's your impression of the game so far? Well, Dale, uh, the story of the game is... One of the main guys on the Rangers don't know how to say his name. It has like 30 letters in it. None of them are vowels. Uh, He's playing great, which is crazy because he got in a full fist fight in the first minute of the game. Uh, But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. February 25th, 2020, Uh, this is the Laced Up Hockey Podcast coming to you live with a very nice episode Mm. for the trade deadline. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's nice because we're nice guys. And you're a nice audience. Is that why nice? Is that why it's nice? It's it's nice all around. Yeah. Well, it's Um, it's a nice day. It was a beautiful day. day. Uh, this This is my favorite day of the year, I gotta tell you. Is, podcasting? Is, is, no, well, Trade Center, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the 50-something days that we put out a podcast uh, every year, that that's my favorite day. Okay. Year, for sure. Okay. No, uh, Trade Center, it's my favorite day. Really? Yeah, I love okay. it. I, I don't know why. This is like, it's the, I can't watch Free Agency Frenzy. I could, but I choose not to, you know what I mean? It's summer, I'm doing other things. On a Monday in February, there's nothing I would rather do than listen to, like, 23 guys in the TSN studio talk about who is and who isn't getting traded. I could listen to it. I think it's I think it's nice. It's a nice way to spend a day. Good for you, man. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really happy for you. I love it. This is, uh, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, 
I hope you have a nice time today. Um, I, I hope, hope you have a nice time. I hope the listeners have a nice time. I hope you have a nice time. Um, so yeah, we've got uh, we've got TSN, we got Trade Center mm-hmm. live in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna try to break the trades as they happen, and uh, at the same time, kind of get caught up because we're coming in kind of halfway through the day here. So we got a few trades to that we can rhyme off. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who are who are not aware, it's uh, it's two o two as we're recording this Eastern Standard Time right now. So we uh, we have a little bit to catch up on. We have like a week's worth, so we're gonna catch you up as quick as we can. And then hopefully we can do this in like under half an hour and then that'll be like 2.30 and then we can kind of just, you know, watch the deadline and see how the rest of this plays out. Yeah, we thought about doing like, you know, an eight hour podcast and doing the whole day, but <laughs> just didn't really fit the time constraints. You know, I don't there's know. a limit on Anchor. How would we get all those guests? Like we'd have to fill some time because t- t- like Trade Center can barely fill eight hours. There's like 24 of them in the studio. You know what I mean? You remember that year they had like Lester, that guy singing in yeah. the corner? That was I wasn't a big fan of that. It was less. It, it's been less gimmicky this year, right? Eh? I did like the uh, they put the GoPro on the uh, assistant, and she'd have mm-hmm. to like run to desk to desk, mm-hmm. but like duck if they went live. Yeah. So they had the GoPro on her, and you're like, it's just it's just the back of Pierre LeBrun's legs. Their, their gimmicks are getting better. Their gimmicks are yeah. getting better. I'll say that. I, I, I the do, llama year was good. That was that good. Was I do I do miss the prime minister race. That was funny. Ooh, that was good. That, that was, was a good one. All through the studio. Yeah. 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 Have you um have you ever indulged in a sports net deadline? No, oh, god no. I'll turn it on sometimes during the break. I used to watch it a bit more um this is gonna sound hilarious when their panel was better. because um, it's gotten better, but it's also gotten worse in many ways and like I can't do Kiprios, he's gone, McLean's gone, you know, so those are those are good things, but Millard's gone. You know, and like there there are some good guys that are gone now. Um, they used to have Wyshynski on there. I don't know if you're aware of that. And that, that was pretty cool. Before vaguely, I knew, vaguely, before I yeah. listened to his podcast, before I was like a reader, but I actually liked him on TV. He was good. So. Friedman um, and his tweets were my exposure of Sportsnet yeah, today. Well, Friedge so. is all you need, really. Yeah. And get it right quite, from the horse's mouth. Quite frankly, know. mostly that's what they have. I assume Jeff Merrick was hosting, which is also cool, but... That's fine. I didn't get into it. Um, like, 20 minutes after we released the episode last week, the Vancouver Canucks acquired Tyler Toffoli from the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for Tim Schaller, Tyler Madden, a second-round pick in 2020, and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2022. Not going to lie to you, last year I think we broke down all the conditions in the... Uh, in the trades, I don't, I don't really care this year. I don't really think there were any like super interesting conditions or lottery protections or whatever. I remember um, there was one that was kind of okay. Okay, well you but better you better remember it when I'll we get try there. To. Um, to fully good fit in Vancouver, mostly because they are going to be without Brock Besser for quite a while. So yeah, well, and I remember like when we were talking about the deadline preview, my 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 note was, you know. They bring in a forward, but they need to move one out, and they move one out in Schaller, so it kind of balances their lineup a little bit. Um, you know, I know there's discussions today that that you know Sutter and and a few of those other names are out there. I don't like. We'll see if they get moved. I don't know what weight Sutter really carries, but um, yeah, as of right now, the Canucks bring in Toffoli, who has looked all right there so far. Yeah, and and you know like. I heard a lot about Tyler Madden being, you know, maybe too good a prospect to give up in the, yeah. in this regard for for what you're getting one guy. Um, 
Vancouver has a real opportunity this year with the way the Pacific is shaping up. And when Besser went down and you're already without Furland, um, you know what, it's it's nice to say, yeah, we kept our prospects and we're going to help them grow. But at some, nice. at some point... It's always nice to keep your prospects. But at some point you have to be real as Jim Benning and say, like, hey, look, Tower Madden ain't helping us this year. He probably isn't helping us next year. Tower Tafula can do that. Let's go get him. Um, you know, best case, he surplants uh, Besser and his production and, and mm-hmm. you go into the playoffs. Or, or maybe he, he can't hold up the, that end and next year Besser comes back and now you've got Tower Tafula then. So I think it's a really good fit. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure if the Canucks are done. Um, uh, we obviously got to get everyone caught up. I don't want to jump ahead of anything, but like Tyson Berry, his name has been floating around for mm-hmm. the past 24 hours about... Uh, the Canucks being interested in that. Uh, Cap's going to come into play there. They're pretty tight, from what I can tell. Yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have some Leaf stuff to talk about later. I, I like the fit into Foley. I think it's uh, I think it's good. And my only note on the Madden thing is, yeah, I think Madden is is way too good of a prospect to be trading for Tyler Toffoli. But on the other hand, the Canucks are a rich cupboard organization right now that can afford to move a Tyler Madden. You know, and maybe things don't work out. Maybe a lot of these guys they do have turn out to be a bust. But I think it's the risk you have to take right mm-hmm. now. I, I just, you know, pick a horse, stick with the horse, and they're moving on from Madden. Uh, a great get for the Kings, who it's amazing how they've stocked those cupboards over the last 18 months to two years compared to having no prospects. And now they don't really have anyone high-end, but they've got a full list now, and I think that's good. Um... The following day, the New York Rangers traded uh, Joey Keane to the Cur- Cur- to the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm, curling uh, season for uh, sound like Cleveland Brown, Carolina <laughs> um, for uh, Julian Goche, former high end uh, pick. So he gets another opportunity uh, with New York to kind of you know get things going. The Hurricanes get another prospect, which is fine. The Jets acquired Dylan DeMello. From the Ottawa Senators for a third round pick in 2020. I'm a big fan of the move. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Jets. I'm surprised um, the Sens couldn't get more. Yeah, I know. And, and that's what everyone said. And, you know, everyone was ripping Pierre Dorian at first that he settled and and moved to Mello that quickly for just that. And, you know, a lot of people have also reported that they heard that there was no way that the Senators were going to get more than that. I don't know if that's true, though. If you, if you wait a few more days... Like, maybe that's not what they were getting offered then, but, like, you can't honestly tell me some of these other guys get moved for the prices that they get moved at, and DeMello's, you know what I mean, not a comparable player, uh, as we're going to get to some of these other players in a few minutes, but, like... Yeah, there's a few defensemen coming up here that... Uh... Yeah, like the like a, a trade from now. Like, like an hour and a half after that deal, there is a ridiculous return on uh, a defenseman. So, you know... Whatever, but I like the fit for Winnipeg. I think it's good. Oh, they needed something. Yeah, they needed to help the limited resources they had back there to begin with, and uh, you know what? They're hanging on the playoffs. Good for them. I, I'm, I'm wishing them well. And this is exactly what they need. They need a guy to play right down the middle uh, of the you know defensive lineup, and uh, good player. I think I think Dylan DeMille is going to have a, a really good stint in Winnipeg. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Capitals get Brendan Dillon from the San Jose Sharks for a second-round pick in 2020 and a conditional third-round pick in 2021. I think it's a good fit. I think um, 
you know, the, this isn't why they went out and acquired him in the summer, but this is kind of a similar idea to the Capitals going out and trading for Radko Gudis, who hasn't fit quite as well in Washington as I think everyone thought he would. He hasn't been horrible, but he's not quite Radko Gudis there. And Dylan is literally Radko Gudis. They're just taking another stab at getting the defenseman that they wanted to get. Um, just not as dirty. Dill, uh, Brennan Dillon's, a, I would say, a fairly clean physical defenseman. Death um, taxes and the Washington Capitals trading for defensemen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like the trade though. I think it's I think it's good value for Dylan, uh, and I think it's a good fit in Washington. Yeah. So I, I like the trade a lot for the Caps, um, and a good return for the Sharks. You know, not nothing to nothing to you know shake a stick at there. For I guess. Sure. Uh, the St. Louis Blues acquire Marco Scandella from the Montreal Canadiens for a second round pick in 2020 and a conditional fourth round pick in 2021. I'd rather have DeMello, uh, if I'm St. Louis. I, I think he's for sure a better defenseman. Uh, I think it's a, it's a very, st- uh, steep price to pay for Scandella, and I'm not really sure why specifically they want Scandella when, you know... I, I don't know. Maybe they run on Dylan and Demello, and you know those guys go and, or probably Dylan more so than Demello, yeah. I guess, with what you're paying. But uh, just quickly, I should add uh, both Brendan Dylan and Marco Scandella were retained at fifty percent of their mm-hmm. cap hit by their teams. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I Scand- Scandella thing like the Buffalo Sabres fans like, <sighs> sorry guys. Yeah, I feel for that fan base. Yes, yeah, a, a good move by. Um, by Bergevin there. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, and as we'll get to in a few minutes, he did another cool thing kind of like that. But mm. um, the next day, the Leafs acquired Dennis Malgin from the Florida Panthers in exchange for Mason Marchment. Um, yes, Florida, yeah. like, are they they good? Are they okay? Well, I they think this, weird... this was a situation where, you know, I don't think Malgin... It, it kind of, like, it's a similar idea to you know, Lucic for Neal in the sense that the trade kind of looks funny because one player is clearly better than the other. But Neal was never going to be a good player for the Flames ever again. Like, we knew that. And they, you know, they're literally trading an asset that right now has zero value for an asset that has zero value. And this is the Leafs trading an asset that has minimal value to the Panthers who are trading Malgin who has minimal value. Because in Florida, he's done. It's just a matter of when did were they going to move on from him? Was he going to be a European free agent in eighteen months, or was he, you know what I mean, going to get traded? So uh, he gets a fresh start. Hopefully, he does well in Toronto. He's looked good so far. Spoiler alert, I guess. But um, Panthers get a player with some edge, and they move on from a guy who was struggling. Hmm. You know, um, Vegas Golden Knights acquire Alec Martinez from the LA Kings for two second round picks. Um, having watched the Kings for a while. I think Martinez is a very good defenseman if he's playing in a bit of a lesser role than what he had to play in in uh, L.A. And again, spoiler alert, he's proven actually quite good so far for the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, He's got a lot of qualities to contribute, but, you know, he's not going to carry the load, is all I'm saying, and... um, He's looked good in in uh, Vegas as a, as a third pairing guy, and that's where they had him um, last night. Even um, second pairing with the right guy for sure, for sure. But like like I said, like if if he's on the third pair, like like I said, like he, he was on last night, um, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. By second pair, you're, you're right. He can play it. 
um, you might get exposed night in to night out, and it's it's kind of hard to say you know exactly how impactful he'll be in in Vegas. But um, as long as you're not expecting anything more than that out of Alec Martinez at this point, you're gonna be fine. And Vegas has uh, three very good uh, defensemen back there as it stands. Um, and you've added, you've added Alec Martinez to the depth of the your remaining three spots. Mm-hmm. You're, it's fantastic. It, it, I don't know. I have, I have no problem with that trade. Yeah, I think it's a good fit. I mean, yeah. there was debate that they were going to be uh, pushing for Shane Goss to spare. And given the uncertainty of what the hell's going on with him lately, uh, I'd like I'd rather have Martinez at this price compared to what they would have had to pay not just in terms of assets to acquire Shane Goss's pair, but in terms of the money that he costs for the term that he costs. Mm. So this is a way lower risk deal. I think it's going to work out just as well as as Goss's pair might have. Higher ceiling on Goss's pair. They might still get him. Like, there's still time left here, but I, I doubt it. You know? Yeah, I, I couldn't, couldn't expect it. Uh, sure, if it happens, that's nice. But. Yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs acquire Max Verano from the Ottawa Senators for Aaron LeChuck, who they originally require, or acquired in the Cody Ceci deal and a conditional sixth-round pick in 2021. Uh, the Sens wanted their player back, and the Leafs uh, wanted a, a big boy. I don't I don't think the pick is going to matter no. um, without getting too detailed with it. Uh, Verano's basically got to play 10 games uh, in the NHL either this year or next year. That's within the Leafs' control. The, if if they don't feel that they need him up, then he's not going to come up, and they won't give away the pick. So mm-hmm. it's essentially a one for one, and unless things get really hairy. Okay. Um, we are actually going to take commercial breaks today, but we're gonna we're gonna keep going through this one uh, because we want to try to get caught up by the time that maybe the commercials, you know, are done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to get caught up here. It's, it's a new, nice strategy. The new it is nice. The New York Rangers acquire goaltender uh, J.F. Barube from the Philadelphia Flyers for future considerations uh, because the Rangers didn't have enough goaltenders. Uh, The next day, the Montreal Canadiens acquired Joseph Blandisi and Jake Lucchini from the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins for uh, Philip Verone and Riley Barber. A little uh, mafioso influence there. Yeah, well, you know, I've been watching Bad Blood. Uh, on Netflix, which is a Canadian series about, uh, what's his name? Vito, Vito, why am I blanking on his name right Corleone? now? No, the mob, that mob boss there. I'm blanking on his last name right now, but, um. Not up to date with my, uh, mob bosses, sorry. Oh, Vito Rizzuto, uh, the, the big. Rizzuto. You, you're not, you're not familiar with this? No. Oh, okay, well, anyway, the, the guy that was running the gangs in Montreal, uh, up until about ten years ago, and, uh, it's really good. It's Canadian done series, so you would think it'd be terrible. Uh, but it stars Kim Coates and Paul Sorvino, and there's a lot of big names in it. Uh, it's great. It's actually really good. Really good. Uh, you know who's in it? Uh, you would know is uh, Katie from Letterkenny. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oddly enough, this might draw you a little bit back, a Gail from Letterkenny. <laughs> not playing her character from I Letterkenny. I would hope not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that would be a weird, weird... Uh, character to have in a serious role the florida panthers acquired danik martell from the tampa bay lightning in exchange for anthony greco i don't know who anthony greco is nope danik martell i've heard of i don't know anything about him so uh the boston bruins acquire andre kasha from the anaheim ducks in exchange for a first round pick in 2020 david backus and axel anderson um how many years does backus have left on that deal 
Ooh, great question. I can have it to you in one momento. I'm kind of surprised that the Ducks didn't make the this, Bruins this pay... Next. Okay, pay a little bit more of a premium to take on the back of Steel. I felt like they had a little bit more leverage there that they could have used. Um, 25% re- retained for the for the Bruins. Okay, so I didn't know that. saving a bunch of money, but... Yeah, okay. That yeah. that deal makes sense to me now. Um, yeah, good, good, really good trade for the Bruins. Like, a really good player. Um, saw some people knocking the trade online. Don't really care. You put Andre Cash up with two good line mates, it's going to produce, I think, so... Um, Axel Anderson being moved out of Boston after they realized that it wasn't Axel Sin. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, that will mix up there at the yes. draft. The Winnipeg Jets acquire Winnipeg boy Cody Eakin from the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for a fourth round pick in 2021. Good depth move. Um, again, saw people freaking out online that the Jets didn't uh, take another asset from the Golden Knights in order to take that salary. Like, Eakin's a free agent at the end of the year. And I think the Jets think Cody Eakin's going to contribute. So, well, you got to be realistic about I think your. They're fine bringing him in. Yeah, you got to be realistic about your team. Like, yeah, Cody Eakin probably makes a little bit more money than he should. Oh, for ha- sure. He however, is. the Winnipeg Jets have a mountain of free space to play with. Yeah, they have cap space, and they have twelve guys playing in their bottom six. Yeah. That or sorry, six guys playing in their bottom six forwards. Six out of six that maybe shouldn't be there. So they're gonna say six out of nine. Mm, um, that'd be nice. Mm. Um, yeah, Cody Eakin, you know, former uh, former Winnipeg Monarch. So sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like it. I like it for the Jets a lot. Um, you know, I think I'm more of a homer on the Jets than I am the Leafs. To be honest with you, because oh, I live closer. I just like everything Shovel Day Off does pretty much always. The Leafs acquire Miko Salamaki from the Nashville Predators in exchange for Ben Harper. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, ben Harper wasn't really helping much, so I, I guess... I think it's a good trade for the Leafs because, yeah. um, A, they get an actually fairly decent you know, depth forward in Miko Salamaki, who's quite physical. Um... For a defenseman who, it's peace of mind for me to have him out of the lineup because now I know he'll never play a game as a Leaf. So I feel good now. Like, I feel a little bit better. Like, I think that's a good trade because at no point can anyone in the organization lose their mind now and be like, you know what, let's call up Ben Harper. I called up Kevin Gravel this morning and like, wait, does that mean Ben's next in line? No, no, no. Like, I don't like Kevin Gravel, but I'll, I'll, I'm, for sure, I'll take him, yeah. I'd rather him play 30 minutes than Ben Harper play 10. Fair enough. Um, as we entered the uh, you know waning hours of trade deadline eve, uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, finally made up their minds uh, on the Ilya Kovalchuk front. What'd they do? Sending him to the Washington Capitals uh, for a third-round pick. I could not believe this when I saw it, when Pierre Lebrun tweeted it out. 50% retained. Yeah. Pretty cool. By the Habs. So the cap hits only $350,000, but the actual money Washington's paying him, did you hear, did you see this? 75 $75,000 mm-hmm. is what the Capitals are going to pay Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah, I can't wait till Ilya Kovalchuk gets like nine goals in these final like 
20 games or something like that and then like gets a bunch in the playoffs and the Caps win the cup with the two fucking greatest Russian goal scorers probably ever on the same fucking team. To, to the top three. I'll give you that. Sure. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. Uh, apparently uh, it was either Washington or Boston and and, Eli, uh-huh. and, and Ilya's like, yeah, I'd like to go to Washington and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, of course you would. There's eight Russians in Washington. There's there's no one from Russia in Boston. Like, of course you want to go to Washington. What are you doing? What are you talking about? Samsonov, mm. Kuznetskov, Ovechkin. One more. Sixty-nine-ov. No. Nisov. No, you're losing it. No. Uh, Orlov Ooh, is what we're too. looking for. Um, and you know what? Say what you will about Zdeno Chara. I don't care. I I'd, I want to see a birth certificate. He's definitely Russian. <laughs> Um, the Oilers acquire Mike Green from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for Kyle Brodziak and a conditional pick. Now, what's interesting about this is that the Edmonton Oilers still apparently had Kyle Brodziak under contract. I guess so. I what? Just, yeah. Sure. You're, you're telling me that you're making up a new player every single night, an NHL creative player, a fucking free agent. But you had Kyle Brodziak in the system? Like, how bad is Brodziak now that he couldn't, like, sl- slide in on a fucking wing? You know? Well, is he that bad? Yeah. yeah I don't think he's that much he's... worse than Cassian. Mm. Okay. Mm. Uh, Mike Green, 50% retained as well. This was technically uh, the first deal of trade deadline. Oh, I guess this was this morning, yeah. February 24th. There it is. Yeah. Just after midnight. <clears throat> wow, we caught up pretty good. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It's it's it's, it's, it's good. It's a good risk. Like it's good risk the Oilers. The Oilers. Yeah, the Oilers need some help yeah. for sure. They don't have a lot. Well, Mike they, Green's they still decent. Didn't then they just lose um, Clef Bomb to injury? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Larson's already out. I think Clef Bomb. Lar- Larson's out. Yeah. I think Clef Bomb got hurt Saturday night, and I think he's out for. I don't think long term, but you know, it's okay. It's it's dawning on Ken Holland that. Hey, there's not really a lot of options after this. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's it's one of the better options out there. And I mean, the thing is that um, I don't really think that anyone thought that Mike Green was going to want to move. That was a thing. That was the whole reason he returned to the Red Wings in the first place. And now... Well, and he, and he re-signed with Ken Holland. Well, I, so. that that's that's fair, and you know maybe maybe well, maybe this was all planned. Maybe this is a whole a whole bit that they're doing. Could be um, like a fucking heist is what they what Ken Holland's pulling here. He's just he's grabbing all the good assets out of Detroit, all two of them. Well, I, and as, then, we, as we catch up, yeah, yeah, this we'll talk about these two teams again. Yeah, he's gonna get Dylan Larkin later today, and then uh, they're fucking good to go Ooh, in Edmonton. Bold. Yeah, bold. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the fourth line center. That'd be cool. Imagine. I could see it. That's that'd be fucked. Would be. Imagine, imagine the Oilers having four good forwards and playing them all at center, and none of them have a winger, and they just like, oh, but we're good at center. Hmm. Yeah, but at some point, they need help. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Um. The. Colorado Avalanche and the Ottawa Senators hook up yet again, uh, becoming quite the trade partners, these two. Um, this time it's the Sens sending Vladislav Namestnikov uh, to Colorado in exchange for a fourth-round pick in 2021. Uh, a very boring trade. A good trade, but a boring trade. 
because there's not a lot to talk about a pick in the fourth round a year from now. Yeah, it's 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 fine. I, I I don't know. Like the Senators traded for him this year. Apparently, I found that out this morning. I thought that was a year ago already. I thought this was the second year in Ottawa. This is first. He got traded the deadline last year. It's fucked. Yeah, uh, they said it was this year. Said it was this season. So. Yeah, that that's not right. The beginning of this, he was he this. was in the. Um, what trade was he in? No, he was he literally like they just traded for him. Huh. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, that's... he. I know that for sure. He was in his own trade from where? From the Rangers. Oh yeah, um, I, was, I was thinking Tampa all, all he day. Played uh, two games for the Rangers at the beginning of the year. He got traded to Ottawa. That's wild. Yeah. I don't know. Good little forward. Yeah. Good third line forward. Can move up and down your lineup, but he's not going to carry any line above a third line. But he's solid third line guy. And his name has name in it, which I think is very, very fun. Name Stinkov, you got yeah. it. Um, more Sens action. Mm. Uh, Pierre Dorian, mm. uh, all in apparently. Mm. Uh, well, <laughs> in a matter of speaking, sending Jean Gabriel Pajot packing the Ottawa boy out the door to the New York Islanders in exchange for uh, forget this. Oh. We got, a, we got a trade here. Oh. Nice. Evan Rodriguez to the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's that's great, I guess. Um, oh. Connor mm. Sherry. There it is. Called it. I think he called that one. I called that one. There it is. That's a good one. Um... We'll have to wait and see what the return is on that, but that's that's not a bad little haul, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, don't really love Rodriguez, I, but unless it's no, okay. I think these are two like really good forwards that can kind of move up and down your lineup. Um, you know. Oh, good. And they got uh, yeah, cool. Well, once we know what's going back to the way, we'll we'll get that to you. Yeah, but, we'll get that. Uh, uh, yeah, going back to Pajot, he goes for a conditional first round pick, a second round pick. And a third round pick in 2022. Yeah. Apparently we're trading those picks already. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a haul for Pajot. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I'm a I'm a big Pajot guy, but even my love, uh, <laughs> even my love knows bounds. Yeah. I, um. We should add that in in the couple hours that followed, uh, Pajot uh, did sign an extension to stay in yeah. New York. So it's not a pure Which rental. was funny because like, on Twitter they're like, yeah, six years for Pajot in New York. And I'm like, Jesus, fuck, this is a horrible idea. And then they said it was five mil. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because hmm. I thought they were going to kind of jump too much on the salary. And I still think they did jump a little bit on the salary. But... You get him a term. Um, it's like 500k more a year than I think he's worth. Like you know, sure. the four to four and a half range, I think for sure. Because um, I mean, like you got you got to think like the Leafs pay Kerfoot three and a half million, and you know what I mean. Like to to play a, the same role, Pajot's a much better player. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, like five five's fine. Yeah, I don't know. That's, he that's, fits the he that's fits true. the Islanders' style too, which is another thing. Like, like I don't like the deal because I think it's just strange when teams sign players, unless we're talking about Mark Stone or like Eric Carlson or something, sign a player as soon as you get him before you even know if he fits in. You know, it's a, it's the same shit as as the Panthers going out and signing 
Bobrovsky to seven years, ten million. I mean, that's the only way you're going to get him. But like, it, it, it's like bringing a pitcher in in baseball into a new ballpark, and all of a sudden you can't figure out how to keep the ball in the fucking ballpark. Mm. Like it's it's voodoo to an extent, you know. Like you never know how these new players are going to fit into your system. It's the same as bringing a new quarterback in in football. It's the same idea as bringing any new player in in basketball. You still don't know how they're going to fit. Like, it's a risk, and I just, to me, like, wait a week. Wait a week. <laughs> I think he's going to fit there, but, like, there's a there's a real chance that Pajot, like, gets three assists, three assists in the next 20 games, goes minus eight or nine, and is a fucking disaster in New York. And now they got him for six more years, and all of a sudden he's Franz Nielsen to the Islanders. You know what I mean? Remember, yeah, because the Islanders have never had a, a real Franz Nielsen problem. But yeah. now they might. They, they moved on from Franz Nielsen at the right time. And now they have themselves essentially what could Franz be? What Nielsen. Could be. Yeah. 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 They're very similar players. The only reason I'm making that fucking <laughs> comparison, right? Fair. I definitely like Pacho better. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I, I do I do like the trade for the Islanders, though. I think it is a bit of a haul. Um, but I I do genuinely believe that Pacho is a guy that makes a difference on a team. So yeah. uh, in a depth role, anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, Florida Panthers. We're going to jump to commercial break. Here. Sure, quickly. Oh, we yeah. gotta. Yeah, we yeah. Have a, I'm we not have used a, to the commercials yet. We have a note from a fan. So beautiful. Uh, yes, we'll, uh, we'll we'll be back. What's going on, laced up fans? It's Rodrigo Bazares coming at you live. Uh, I had to talk about the episode 69 that you know the guys are dropping this this week. I've had the pleasure of jumping on episode 7. That was exciting as hell. I was hungover. Just ate some fish tacos. That was nice. In episode 60, we're sitting in T-Coop's kitchen, cracking beers, having vino. Man, it was it was awesome, man. And to get to episode 69, it's just nice. It's overall just a nice... Uh, it's a good feeling for the boys. It's a nice feeling. Um, how could it not be nice? So taking a look at it now, like I mean, they do an excellent job of ripping the Sabres, the Oilers. They do a great job of that. And overall, it's just hilarious hosts. You know, everybody knows this, how nice they are on the mic. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's been a pleasure having come on the show twice. And the fact that the Raptors won the championship last year proves that the laced up bump is real. And we are going to go two for two this year because I had the pleasure of coming on this year. So I'm excited, man. The future is bright for these guys. Shining stars on the mics. They are the definition of nice. I wish you guys the best in the future. I know I'll be on the mic soon with you guys, and I know you guys will make it big. All right, man. Take care, fellas. Oh, what a nice, uh, what a nice little note that was from our boy Rodrigo Habazuras. It's very nice of him to take the time out of his day to, uh, you know, uh, kindness of his heart, just mm-hmm. to, you know, no real intention. No cause for no, no real, yeah, yeah. No, not that like there's anything nice, nice guy, going on. nice boy, yeah. Very nice of him to shout out fish tacos too. I thought um, the Carolina Hurricanes acquire Vincent Trocheck from the Florida Panthers in exchange for Eric Howla, Lucas Walmark, Chase Prisky, and yeah, Yut for um. Lori Lori Markinen. Emo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> emu. Yeah, for an emu. Yeah. Um 
real, real good trade for the for the Hurricanes, I think. Yes. Yeah. Like I think Trocheck's <laughs> a very good trade. Not a Carolina guy you trace. Um, <laughs> like, like, like what's what's Trocheck's cap hit? It's like four, four seven, seven five, five yeah. for years still, right? Like multiple years, I believe. I uh, can tell you. That I would look it up, got, but I'm busy uh, looking up this emu two guy. Two years after this year. Two years after this year. Yeah, this, like this is a great trade for the for the Hurricanes. Who, um, you know, the Hurricanes are a team that I consider a real good team, and and they are a team that you know probably should be loading up today. Um, I think that the one thing that they don't have, and now they do have, was a second line center. Because they've had Jordan Stahl playing second line center, and you know I love me some Jordan Stahl, but uh, he no he no second line center. He could be, he isn't consistent enough. He shouldn't be. If he's your third line center, real good. That's real good. Real good for real good real with good. that. Uh, the Florida Panthers, interestingly enough, and I didn't find this out till a little while after the trade came out. Um, ownership approached um, GM Talon. And asked him to shed ten million dollars worth of player salary. Yeah, and I saw I saw that tweet like earlier too. And is that confirmed or is that sources say? Um, because we should clarify before we go. That's that's a good point to make. Things, I thought it was confirmed. Okay, it might not be a hundred percent legit. Because I like I, it wasn't. It didn't come from like Pierre LeBron or anything like that. It came from Frank like, Cervelli. Did it? On air, anyway. I don't okay. know. Oh, I didn't hear him mention that. Okay, yeah. right on. Um, well, then, then, yeah. I mean, like, regardless, here's the fucking thing that bothers me with the Florida Panthers. Actually, we don't have time for that. But one of the, like, one of the biggest things that drives me nuts about them is the Violas think that because they watch baseball, that this sport works like baseball. Where it's like, if you go and tell the Mets to cut $10 million in salary, it'd be like, okay, well, we'll just fucking release a pitcher and we're good. Doesn't work like that in hockey. No, ten's a big number. It is. How do you cut ten million dollars? Like it's well, not like that's, football that's where you can just you cut a guy Bobrovsky off your cap in the summer. Like, yeah. So why did you sign a goalie for seventy million dollars? I said at the time. Everyone said it. That well, not everyone, but most people who know things said at the time. You don't fucking sign a goalie for seven fucking years at $10 million a year when they're 30 years old. Carey Price would be the only goalie you'd ever do that for. And it's not working out there either. Yeah. So, between between bizarre, man. Between Trocek and Malgin, I think, like, the Panthers are at about $2 million they've shed, like, which is, even that is kind of impressive. Um, they might not be done today. I guess we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I guess they really that, don't shed that much with this, right? That they, is they really... they bring in salary back. That is really weird for a team that... I think if they wanted it, they could have the third spot in the Atlantic um, if they try hard Well, it's enough, not even just but... that. This is a team that six months ago, Dale Talon was going on uh, 31 Thoughts and talking about how he was excited that ownership was committed to winning and spending money. Yeah. Like, that was literally what he said. He's like, well, they're ready, you know, they're committed. Or no, sorry, it wasn't Dale Talon. It was Joel Quenville. He said, you know, this ownership wants to spend money. They're committed to winning. And now, like, they're fucking pulling the rug out from under them. Mm-hmm. It, it's bullshit, but regardless, like it's not a horrible return for Trocheck. It's just like I, I don't know why you feel the need to trade Trocheck. No, so unless yeah. you feel like he hasn't completely rebounded from his injury, and maybe you know what I mean. You think he's about to take another step back, and you know what I mean. Like he's getting ready to decline. 
I don't think only he is. Florida knows that. Yeah, but, I, I yeah. don't think he is. But no. I, I, I do like Hala and, and Walmart. Like, I still think they get a, a decent deal here. Um, you know, I like Hala a lot, to be honest with you. I think he's a really good player. Uh, and I think of him as Trocek Light. Mm-hmm. So I still don't mind it. It's just like, I don't know. I, I, it's one of those trades I don't think they needed to make. It's a good trade. It's just they didn't need to make that trade, I don't think. To me, I think it's a situation where you hope you break even. You might take a step back, though, with the loss of Trocek. Like, well, that's that's yeah. a thing, right? Because Hal, Hal is a free agent at the end of the year. Sure. So unless you want to resign him, but that's like, then what the hell was the point of trading Trocek? Exactly. I, I don't I don't really get it for Florida. It's still not a horrible trade when you talk about value for value, but it's a weird trade. Uh, Montreal Canadiens... <laughs> Well, I'll, re- I'll read it in this order because I think I you always say the better asset first. So I think the Montreal Canadiens acquiring a fifth round pick for Nate Thompson, uh, they win that trade from the Flyers. Sorry, I, I didn't even say where Nate Thompson's going. He's going to the Flyers. Whatever. Flyers Flyers need some depth. They sure. get a guy who can win faceoffs and literally can't do anything else. So whatever. Good, good time. Pittsburgh Penguins uh, acquire uh, Patrick. What? Hmm? Skip, just, I've got one in between. Okay, what do you got? I've, I've got Michael Hutchinson to the Avalanche. Uh, for Callie Rosen. Okay. Going back to the Leafs. Apparently, uh, Joe Sackick doing Callie Rosen a favor. Uh, Rosen wanted to come back to Toronto. And he said, if there's a way that you can do that, then do it. And uh, he said, hey, Callie wants to come back to Toronto. Can you give me something? And he's like, yeah, we'll give you the goalie we put on waivers yesterday. He's like, all right, sure. Yeah. Fuck it. Very weird. I'll take him. Um, it's fine. Good move for the Leafs, for sure, in a way. Is, is Kelly Rosen better than any of the pieces that they've been flirting with? Like, uh, you know, Marty Marincin or Ken Gravel or Timothy Logren or Can he step in? Or is, he just, is this just purely Marley's? So I haven't seen Kelly Rosen play hockey in about ten months. Um, but what I will say about Kelly Rosen, last I saw him, he's better than Marincin. He's better than Gravel. He's better than Lilligren. He's fucking better than CeCe. So, I do think he should step in. I don't know that he's going to. I just... I, I don't know. Yeah. I really I really don't... Callie Rosen's one of those players I think a lot of people see something other than what I'm seeing. And that's fine. I, I might be the one who's wrong. But I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. So, we'll see what happens. Really good for the Marlies this last I, year. I, so. think, I think he's a good defenseman. Yeah. yeah. Um, Penguins acquire Patrick Marlowe for a third round pick. Good for him. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, after the Shiri trade helps a lot too. Zucker. Now they got Marlowe. Like, I know I said I'm not high on the Marlowe thing, but Marlowe is a reason that you guys dig in a little deeper. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when you have a guy like that. It... Look at Bill Guerin when they won their cup back in 09. Yeah. That's, you know, that. You can't tell me Bill Guerin came in and had that much of an impact as. You know, compared to the year before when they went to the finals. But the guys wanted to get Bill Guerin that cup, right? Yeah. So I I honestly think that, I mean, there's a lot that can still happen. There's 20 minutes to the deadline. I think I kind of think Pittsburgh might be my cup pick at this point. I like. Not a bad pick. I like them a lot right now. I really. The fact that they've won, like. 80 games this year, whatever the fuck, with Jack Johnson on their first pairing. Jesus Christ, how good is this team? Yeah, you know, you know, you know the old joke that every good team in in the cap era has had to have that one just 
garbage fucking defenseman to make it like fair for the rest of the league like the Blackhawks had Michael Roosevelt the Lightning have had Dan Girardi and now they have uh, Zach Bogosian um, you know now the Penguins they signed Jack Johnson for five years so it, sol- it solidifies them as a good team for five more years because they have that shitty defenseman they've met the NHL's quota right. they're allowed to win games right. um, it's a nice it's a nice thing for the Penguins and nice. their fans I look I'm 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 not going to call anyone crazy for taking Sidney Crosby to win the cup. Um, it's the East is a dogfight. Those yeah, there's three, four big time big teams that you got to get past. Well, it's not going to be fun. No, it's not going to be easy. And hey, you know what? As as a guy that watched him and cheered him on for a few years, uh, you know, go get yours, Patty Marlowe, and, yeah. and all the best. Apparently, he was a he was a Pens fan growing up. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Sabers acquire uh, minor league forward Wayne Simmons in exchange for a fifth round pick from the New Jersey Devils. I I don't know. Oh, 50% retained. Wait, this maybe this means that Wayne Simmons will actually get traded and or sorry, sign with someone new next year and regain his smile. Like this is where all good players go yeah. to have an identity crisis and then go somewhere later and do much better. So. He he waived his no trade to go to Buffalo. That's fucked. The Philadelphia Flyers acquired Derek Grant for uh Kyle Chris Scullo. And a fourth round pick from the Anaheim Ducks. Um, Boom. Yeah, pretty pretty much what you expected. Uh, we talked about it. Derek Grant was getting traded. Yeah. Just a matter of where. Yeah. That's what he should have gone for. Boston so. Bruins acquire Nick Ritchie from the Anaheim Ducks in exchange for Danton Heinen. Didn't, Nick, didn't see this one coming. Nick Ritchie is the perfect Boston Bruin. And Danton Heinen kind of fits into what the Ducks are trying to do. So Nick Ritchie's got the perfect like Boston accent name too. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, that's yeah. He's a cop for sure. He could be. Is is this is his uncle Rich? His uncle Richie probably works down there at Mass Hall. That's a bad Boston accent. It wasn't great. No, it wasn't. Great. He was related to Rick, the schedule maker. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Montreal Canadiens. What? Uh, the Ottawa Senators acquire Matthew Pekka from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for Aaron LeChuck and a seventh round pick. So Aaron LeChuck's on his third. Canadian team of the day today. Yeah, Aaron LeChuck, I can't remember who was talking about it. There was a really good joke made about him earlier, but like he is to NHL trades as, you know, so and so is to something. It was it was good. I can't repeat it. Yeah, it was, sorry. That was a really good line. Yeah. Uh the Edmonton <laughs> Uh the Edmonton Oilers acquire Andreas Athanasiu and Ryan Kuffner from the Red from the Detroit Red Wings uh, in exchange for two second round picks and Sam Gagne. I, I like that they retain 10%. Just 10. 10%. Pocket. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Steve Asman's over there in Detroit going, hey, look, you know, I Ken, I'm going to need you to take 10% off the top for this one, okay? I, I, I need you to keep 10%. I can't I can't make it work on my end. Okay. We're, we're, we're going to get to a commercial break here quickly. I'm going to sum up the rest of these trades real fast, okay? Sure. Edmonton Oilers acquire Tyler Ennis for the, from the Ottawa Senators for a fifth-round pick in 2021. Good move for the Oilers. Congratulations. And good for the Senators. They bought a draft pick last summer, basically. So, uh, Calgary Flames acquired Derek Fabort from the uh, Los Angeles Kings in exchange for a fourth-round pick in 2021. That's conditional. Don't know what the condition is. The Flames could use a defensive depth. Good trade. Uh, Calgary Flames, a few minutes ago, acquired Eric Gustafson from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for a third-round pick in 2020. Good move. You know, good defenseman, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and it, we, we didn't say it at the time, but the Sabres uh, traded Shiri and Rodriguez to the Penguins. They got Dominic Cahoon from the Penguins in return. Uh, not not bad. A decent young player, so they might be able to make something happen there. Pittsburgh's taking on there. What's that, sir? That's a lot of money Pittsburgh's taking on in salary. Um, Got to think they're going to do something else before the day is through to squeeze a I don't know. Maybe they got more room than I think. But taking on $5 million at any point in the season it seems tough. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, I guess we're caught up. Cool. So it's time for a commercial. We could use a little break. Yeah, for sure. You want, you want a little break? Let's take a break. A little break? All right, let's take a little break here. We'll be back. Hello, listeners. This is Mike Wern, three-time guest of the Laced Up Podcast. You might remember me from such nice episodes as episode 5, titled NHL Opening Night, in which I was probably drinking myself to death because the Flames were losing to the Edmonton Oilers, I'm pretty sure. All the while, James and Brutes were trying to record a nice podcast that I was ruining. I'm also on other nice episodes, such as the bonus episode from Season 1 called Academy Award Predictions, and the bonus episode from Season 2 called 92nd Academy Award Predictions. I've enjoyed my time on this nice podcast, whether it's providing insight about some nice movies, such as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or some not-so-nice movies, like The Shape of Water. I feel like my expertise, yes it is expertise, has provided a nice experience for listeners. The good news is, I will be back for some nice episodes in the future. The bad news is, is that I won't be around every week to try and fix James's poor contributions to the Airedale ads. They're very bad. They're pretty, pretty bad. Unfortunately, that's all up to Brutes. But Brutes is nice, and his knowledge helps James get an understanding about Airedale even though he just forgets it the next couple days after. I just wanted to wish James and Brutes congratulations on a very nice accomplishment. The 69th episode for Laced Up is huge, and I look forward to many, many more nice episodes. Congrats, boys. Thanks for having me. All right, well, we... uh... We're back now. There's uh, just over 10 minutes left until the 3 p.m. deadline. Uh, of course, um, not, a, not a firm deadline, I guess, in, in the sense that trades can obviously still come through as long as the, uh, the teams have uh, made some sort of attempt to contact NHL office. Uh, uh, obviously, phone calls being backed up, put on hold, yada, yada, yada. Technology, right? Um, also, the, uh, the guys on Trade Center got to have some Harveys. So, Brutes is making some tea. Um, for sure. Uh, so, I'm, I'm going to just kind of sit here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep Trade Center on the background and, and just we're, we're all caught up now with our trades. And now we're in this kind of limbo period where we just kind of wait to see uh, what comes in, what comes, what, what comes now. What's, what's next? What does the NHL have in store for us? Um, something nice, I hope. Something nice for us as a gift because we're a nice podcast and we do nice things for nice people. Um, we should mention that a couple names are not being traded today. Chris Kreider 
uh, re-signed with the New York Rangers. Seven years, $45.5 million. I think it's about a six and a half cap That's hit. That's too much. Is it, though? I think so. Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's about a $6.5 million cap hit for Chris Kreider. Um, no word on how close, if at all, it came to you know being anywhere near a deal uh, for Jeff Gordon or not in terms of moving him out. Um, but you know what? I You know, Kreider obviously likes it in New York. The Rangers obviously like having him around. So um, he gets his seven years. And, uh, you know, it's never bad to have that veteran guy around when you're when you're into the, you know, formation. You're, you're transforming out of the rebuild and trying to put your best foot forward now. And I don't hate the deal. I just think yeah. it's too much money. Okay. It's it's too much. It's too long of a term. It's both. He, he probably would have got more on the open market. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, to me, I, I don't think it's a particularly good move for the, for the Rangers. Fair enough. But whatever. Uh, also not moving today, uh, as announced by Kevin Dayoff, Dustin Bufflin. There was some kind of, I don't know where it came from, but some, some talk kind of sparked up that Dustin Bufflin might be on the move. And, he might get flipped, yeah. Yeah. Um, tough sell well, for we got the Jets, trade. but... Oh, let's do that hockey, Brady Shea. Brady's oh, these guys are all over the place. Sammy Vatten into the Hurricanes there. To the Hurricanes. Well, that kind of replaces the... Uh, so no Shea or... Kind of replaces the Brett Pecci uh, injury that uh, they, they went through on Saturday. Apparently he's going to be out for a while. We're... we're well, it, it's funny you say that, though. It doesn't, it doesn't, because... There might not be two more opposite defensemen in the NHL as Brett Pesci and Sammy Vatanen, other than the fact that they shoot the same way. And they're both hurt. But holy shit, are those two, like, Sammy Vatanen cannot fucking play defense. And Brett Pesci is a very good defensive defenseman, so. Well, I guess it's better to have uh, Sammy Vatanen play defense for you than some sort of emergency backup defenseman Mm. that may have to come down and fill that role. Maybe we'll see if we have time to get to that later on. I'm good. So, so did they did the did they clarify what it was for there? I, I don't think they know yet. I don't. That doesn't look like it. Um, this this is my one gripe think, with uh, Trade Center is that they they get one piece of the deal and then they announce it and it's like, well, why don't you guys just wait till they have a deal and then and then tell me? I don't need to know that someone is moving. Yeah, I, well, I think the whole thing is for the fans that are actually like, you know what I mean, trying to like keep us up to, up to date as they can, kind of thing, and. If you announce it and then you're able to go back to it, whereas if they just announce it once and some, you might miss it. The other thing is too is they're trying to compete with Sports Center or Sportsnet. They're trying to break it quicker because people just you know you got to shovel the shit down people's throats here, James. That's you know? true. What do you think uh, though? They, they they said right before that that they're working on acquiring Brady Shea. Well, I didn't catch the whole thing, but it kind of sounded like it was it was they wanted Brady Shea. But, it's hard to make that cap work, I think. But though. now they're going back to Sammy Vatnin. Right. Um, so maybe that's their answer. Maybe it, it was they wanted Shea, they couldn't make it work, and so Sammy Vatnin's plan B. Another thing, like, uh, there's six minutes to the deadline here. We'll see what happens. But um, another weird one today that they talked about before we started recording is that uh, the Islanders are very in on Zach Parise. 
Um, yeah, there was some talk about that from Frank Cervelli. He was talking about uh, Zach Parise to the Islanders. Frank Cervelli killing it. Uh, Andrew Ladd going back the other way. A lot of retention involved in terms of the salary. Obviously, Parise's contract's kind of a mess. One of those old backdiving contracts from before the uh, the new CBA. Um, yeah, that's, I don't know. I, obviously, we're running out of time here, but that, that definitely was something a few hours ago. Uh, minor trade here to announce uh, Emile Dejuice, uh going to the uh, Florida Panthers in exchange for, I don't know, Dejuice, Dejuice, uh exchange for a sixth-round pick to the Dallas Stars. So just okay. a nice little minor transaction there for you. Not familiar. So now just, just to kind of go back with, with the Hurricanes on focus here, Morazic um, uh, down for a while by the sounds of it. Uh, James Reimer, his status kind of questionable. Six minutes to go-ish. Uh, no goalie yet for the mm-hmm. Carolina Hurricanes. A couple names out no there. No goalies have been traded other than Hutchinson today. Yeah. Which is kind of... Even he, I don't think, was... Now, we should add um, that uh, one of the teams that was in play to move a, a goaltender, the New York Rangers, kind of had a bit of a setback Yeah. Uh, with yeah, Igor Shesterkin yeah. and... Um, Oh, now his name's escaping me. Pavel, Pavel Bushnevich yeah. uh, in a car crash last late last night. Um, it sounds like Shostorkin has a broken rib. Um, yeah. Nothing too serious. Everyone seems to be okay from from what they're telling us. Uh, I think Bushnevich was even at morning morning practice. Well, the, they were saying that they're going to reevaluate Shostorkin in two weeks, which having experience with rib injuries, uh, he, he ain't playing within the next month. So, because um, they said it was a fracture, so that kind of negates the I think Georgia rumors at this point. Like that's yeah, oh yeah, they're they're yeah. hanging on to two goalies, and it's actually kind of a good thing now that they've traded for Barube. To yeah. be honest with you, because you know they need that extra body now in case something goes south real fast here. So, so yeah, that's that obviously is. Uh, you know, a factor here. No goalies, like we mentioned, the Carolina Hurricanes. I think they need one. Um, Chicago obviously has a couple. They got Corey Crawford. They got Robin Leonard. Um, I, I know we kind of went all over this with our, our preview episode, but um, I mean, it might be a small thing that they'll consider doing. But I kind of wonder if maybe the Avalanche just try to flip Hutch to. To Carolina, maybe, and if that's something they would want to do, in a trade. No, this is the oh. this is their damn. I remember when I was playing for the New York Rangers. <laughs> so did you see the joke the other night? When uh, I mean, a weird time to get into it right now because there's three and a half minutes to the deadline. But when uh, that Zamboni driver played the other night for the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> Someone made the joke about how uh, Jamie McLennan was uh, rushing to the rink to, to get his pads on. Then Ray Ferraro quote tweeted it, and he's like, he's still got four games of suspension to serve. He's not playing anytime soon. <laughs> Jamie McLennan, uh, for those kids at home who don't know, uh, seems like a real cool guy on the air. Lost his mind one night in an NHL game, and... Slashed a shit. Who was it? I don't even remember who it was. I don't remember. Anyway, he slashed some guy and he suspended for four games because he never served it because it was his last NHL game. Uh, Jacob Markstrom also um, injured Saturday night against the Boston Bruins. 
Um, his status kind of, it sounds like it's going to be like a week-to-week type of injury. Um, so, again, Van- a big loss. Vancouver could be in on the goalie market, and it's it's maybe a little bit of a too-little-too-late kind of scenario for a few of these teams. Uh, you know, Saturday night, now you need a goalie. Well, if there's any deals in place, they may have missed their, their opportunity. Maybe they're, they're out of the running. I have to hmm. really keep it. We got some news. Big news. Wow. What? Robin uh, Leonard yeah. to the Golden Knights. That I guess. I mean, they, they only have one goalie, and he's not very good. Well, it's like right I was. Now. I watched their game last night with with Malcolm Subban in net, and I I couldn't help but think to myself, like they they need to do something. They they should be in on a goalie. I didn't really think that they would be with Mark Andre Fleury, um, you know, just being Mark Andre Fleury. But he hasn't yeah, been. Yeah, that's he hasn't that's been my great. point. Like he hasn't been anything spectacular right. this year. He hasn't been horrible lately. But um, you know, he had a shutout last week against the Islanders that. Are apparently a good team. He had a shout-out earlier this month against yeah, the Michael Predators. Yeah, Michael also had a shout-out against the Islanders this year. So. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, um, yeah, Leonard to, to Vegas. I guess that kind of <laughs> right on cue with our uh, our discussion about what the Hurricanes could be after. That that takes one name off the board, I guess. I don't really be sure how many other goalies could be floating out there that could be moved. Jimmy Howard comes to mind, I guess, uh, with the Red Wings selling a few pieces off, but... You'd kind of think that you'd have heard something at this point. Poor Jimmy Howard. Yeah. Well, what a year. What a year it's been. Um, Gerard Gallant says he's surprised by it. So that, I mean, I, I on one hand, I guess that shows you the unpredictability of the Golden Knights front office. On the other hand, maybe it tells you how little the Vegas Golden Knights front office was telling Gerard Gallant ever. Very true. Like... Complete bullshit, by the way, that Gerard Gallant's on this show today. He should be coaching a team. He's sitting here telling stories about, you know what I mean? Like, sitting here telling stories with the boys, having fun. Like, he should be working today. It's bullshit. Yeah, you're not wrong. 15 seconds to the, to the deadline, James. What do you think? Gerard Gallant's sitting there uh, going, uh, you know, gee, if I only had Robin Leonard in Vegas, maybe I'd still have my job. That's a good point, yeah. Does, uh, does Tyson Berry get traded? You'd think we'd have heard something by now. Probably not by this point. Eh? Oh, there's the trade. There's the tour, or just oh, there's the. God. It's the deadline. All right. Well, that's the show, I guess. Yeah. Good night. Not like they can make trades after this now. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, of the NHL trade deadline, the all the trades need to be agreed upon by now, but um, they have to have filed. Uh, they have some to have sort of something in or whatever, them, yeah. emailed something. The league needs to know about all trades by now, but obviously trade calls take a while. Uh, so that takes that that prevents trades from becoming official. So we will find out about trades possibly as late as five five thirty tonight. So we're we're, we're not going to stick around for two and a half hours to find out that you know the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning acquired the corpse of fucking Danny Markov or something in a trade like you know. Is Danny Markov okay? Oh yeah, he's good. There it is. No Tyson Berry. Uh, staying in Toronto. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah. 
the lead, the lead's not necessarily done, Bob McKenzie just said, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm not on the I'm not on the let's trade Tyson Berry train. I I understand where people are coming from. I'm just that's not the way I see it. Uh, it's, that's okay. It's it's one of those things. like agree to me, disagree in a way. For me, it's you know? if you're not going to resign them and you can't resign them, yes. and yes. there's something out there that you can get for him, sure. But don't just trade him for the sake of trading. No, him. I agree. Like if you know? they're going to end up trading him for a second round pick, then what are we doing here? Right. You know what I mean? We like, don't have enough defensemen as it is. No, hang so, on to him. Yeah. Because I mean, like you're going to trade him and then you're going to be like, shit, we could use another top sixty. Yeah. I wonder what Tyson Berry's doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no kidding. Yeah. What do you think? That Parise trade going to go down? I, I, I can't believe... Sorry to like change the subject just after asking you a question, <laughs> but like, I can't believe we went through this whole day without hearing Taylor Hall's name mentioned once. Yeah, that is a like good point. Like, Goudreau left practice. Everyone was talking about Goudreau for 15 well, minutes there. I, I think of Taylor and Hall leaves practice for all time with Taylor Hall. But, but that, like that, that's the thing. Like Even coming into the day, though, there was not even the option that the Coyotes might turn around and see what they can get. Maybe Cheka said something going into it that, you know, it wasn't going to be an option. Uh, I don't remember a statement coming out like that. But I mean, they might be talking about an extension, too. It's just like... It hasn't worked out for them in the immediate, and if they're just going to go and lose them at the end of the year, like this might be a team that they traded for Hall early, so they tried to make that move. It, I'm not going to say it hasn't worked, but the team's kind of faltered since the trade, and now they're on the outside looking in, and it's kind of like, well, they could flip them, and you know, it's the reverse of the Leafs situation where it's kind of like, you know, the Leafs are still in that playoff hunt, but like, I don't know, like the Coyotes are. The Coyotes could use the asset back more than the Leafs could use the minimal asset sure. they would get for Barry is what I'm getting. Yeah. Right. Um, just to go back to it, I, I'm, I'm going to assume the Parise thing isn't going to happen. No, like... Too what, many moving pieces, I what think. What they said there earlier was that both um, uh, Parise and... Uh, what's his face? Uh, Andrew Ladd had agreed to waive their no-trade clauses. The issue becomes, though, is how do you make that deal work? Because that's a lot of dollar figures for a lot of dollar figures. For two teams that don't necessarily have a shit ton of money right now, yeah. So I like I, I just don't know how you make that work. The other thing is too is like I, I don't really know why you do that if you're if you're Minnesota necessarily unless the Islanders are giving you a big haul to take, lad. Right. Because initially when they reported, I'm like, okay, well if they're just taking Parise, like they're not going to be giving up much to get Parise, right? Like it's gonna it's literally going to be like a fourth round pick, and there you go. That's the deal. We'll take Parise. But we'll also take the baggage of his contract. We'll give you a small pick. But if it's Lad coming back, like there's got to be, like there has to be a first round pick coming the other way, which is gone in the Pajot yeah. trade. Yeah. So, you know, these are cupboards that were stocked a few years ago, and now you got Michael Dalcali, not a prospect anymore. Now looks like a depth forward. Uh, you know, Josh Hosang. There's no value there. Like there's all these prospects that they drafted years ago that now the clock has run out on. And all of a sudden, the Islanders are not looking at an incredibly rich prospect pool like they were at one point, where they could just be making trades like that. Yeah. So uh, something came to mind to me uh, last night. Um, this kind of works into what we just talked about with the Islanders having traded their first round pick. Now it is a conditional first round pick they moved. I don't remember the conditions, but 
Is it, and I, I think I know the answer before I ask, but is it possible to trade the other portion of a conditional pick? So for example, the Leafs traded away their first-round pick last summer to the Carolina Hurricanes for you know taking Patty Marlowe. The condition being that it's top 10 protected, so if the Leafs are in the bottom 10, they get their pick back. What is stopping the Toronto Maple Leafs from going out there and trading that first-round pick under that condition, where if we get our pick back in the top 10, we will conditionally trade you our first-round pick? Sure you can. You think so? I don't know. It's a weird concept. Here's the thing, James, is, you know, we had this conversation last week about the Department of Player Safety and whether or not anyone actually even works in that office. I can't imagine there's a Department of Conditional Picks. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just some guy. It's also Rick the Schedule Maker, like, doing a part-time job. I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe. It sounds almost a little too crazy, but... um, Yeah. The Hurricanes... Yeah. Giving up Yanni Kwakinen, oh, right, Frederick trade. Clayson, and a fourth round pick for Zemi Vatnin. Okay. So there it is. That's, uh, I guess that's that's inconsequential for the Hurricanes in, 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 as far as where they are uh, in their season. I, I think Kwakinen is, is a guy that could be, uh, you know, a. a uh, legit NHL player, you know, yeah. night in, night out, but it's it's a good haul for Batman, yeah. I think. That's that's a good haul. Does it sound like Montreal's done? Not quite, not quite, eh, they said. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say they're done. I don't, I don't remember hearing done, but. He said the Leafs might not be done, so we're still waiting on confirmation to see if uh, trickle in. if there's anything else uh, trickling in here. Should have made a quiz for you while we're waiting for all this trickle down. Yeah, I mean, could uh, could discuss uh, the other night, I guess. Get to that finally. If you want to get you, the can, do you have do you have any hard opinions on David Ayers? Uh, Becoming, I I guess, the first goalie to technically... Yeah, the first emergency goalie to technically record a win. Because uh, Scott Foster, I don't think, recorded a win. No, he went in when the, uh, the team was already up. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, he becomes the first emergency goalie to record a win in yep. NHL history. Yep. Um, good for David Ayers. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's a really neat thing that happened to... Uh, by all accounts, really cool guy. I guess my my bigger question, because I don't think there's anyone out there who fucking hates David Ayers. Uh, it, uh, do you have any opinions on the Leafs' particular end of the game? I do. Um, Did you watch the game? I watched, I'll say, how about half of it? I missed the first period. Okay. I didn't see the Hurricanes goalies uh, get I didn't see all. it live. I've seen it since. Yeah. Um, I, I think at the end of the day... Uh, it, I think it looks worse on paper when you start talking about David Ayers. Um, well, it, it looks worse when you watch the game, I think, than it looks on paper because it's like, holy shit, they really didn't get any shots in like 
And, in like, and that's kind of where I'm. You know what I mean? In like thirty six minutes, like or is, whatever the fuck it you know, was. Yeah. It. No, not not to take anything away from David Ayers. Uh, it didn't matter who was in that. Um, yeah. Hurricanes, hurricanes could have put six guys in the ice, Horrible stuck one of them effort. in front of the net, and um, this wasn't a case where the emergency backup goalie beat the Leafs. He didn't. I'm sorry. Like at the end no, of the day, no, you can not. write the script how you want to. He didn't beat them. Um, he was just the guy that happened to stand in between the pipes, and you know, he threw aside the couple shots that got through to him. There were people who, who, well, namely Brian Burke, but there were people who agreed with him that made the, the, the argument that this is embarrassing for the NHL. And, and I do agree to an extent, but there's not really much of a way to avoid this short of changing the CBA that encourages teams to carry two backup goalies at each game. Like, until you do that, there, there's no way to stop this from happening. Because other than having an emergency backup goalie, you know, then teams are going to start carrying defensemen who have played a net before in their life. And then, like, well, then we're making the league worse because we're putting in fucking novelty players to in case of an emergency. Like, there's no way to avoid this situation. It's just shit happens and, and this guy's got to go in. And I agree that the optics of it look bad for the, for the league as a professional sports league. It looks bad yeah. in a way. Because, I mean, like, it's the same idea as, you know... All the pitchers blowing out their arms, and suddenly you got, you got, fucking Joe McDonald. Yeah, like Kanye West throughout the opening pitch, and now he's on the mound for the eighth inning, trying to close out a six-out save. You know, it's fourteenth. It's, it's same shit. <laughs> it's the same fucking thing. So you know, it's yeah, it's not a good look for the league, well, but there's not much you can do about it. And what it. I what I think is a worse look for the league is what happened against the Toronto Maple Leafs a few years ago with the Florida Panthers. Um, where Al Montoya gets hurt, or sorry, Roberto Luongo gets hurt. He leaves, he goes to the hospital. Trade. Brady Shea to the Rangers, or, or Brady Shea to the Rangers. <laughs> That's what Gord said, and he got me. Brady Shea to the Hurricanes. Huh. <laughs> wow. So get both Shea and Vatnan. First round pick. Uh, sounds like straight up. Wow. The trade is one for one, as they say. Oh wow! I mean, we all kind of figured that first round pick was going eventually. So yeah, <laughs> not sure we saw Brady Shea. That's been as on the, the uh, that's been on the trade bait board for how many uh, how many yeah. weeks now? Um, more defensive depth for the Hurricanes. Like, do they get enough spots for all these defensemen they have? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so that's part of the problem. It wants everybody's healthy. Yeah, but I mean. The, the other thing is, too, is, like, I don't know if we mentioned this at the time, uh, but Sammy Vatnin's currently hurt, too. He's not healthy. So but he's going to be... A, he's close. He's going to be a bit coming back. Pesci, they think, is out somewhat long-term, and Dougie Hamilton, we don't expect to see until the playoffs. Right. So, um, ooh, according to uh, Daily Faceoff, he's the best hurt player in the league right now. Ooh. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, it, it's good. It's one of those things where, i got to be honest with you, um, once someone's healthy... Uh, there's a decent chance that they may want to fucking take Jake Gardner out of the lineup for a little bit. So, sure. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. at least it gives them options. They probably could use that, and especially given the fact that they're goaltending. Um, it doesn't look like they acquired a goaltender yet today. We're still waiting on something there, but uh, as of right now, it's Anton Forsberg and Alec Nedelchit and Nedelkovic, which uh, 
you know, Nedeljkovic at, at one point was their, you know, highly touted prospect. He is a little bit older now, but, you know, Markstrom didn't turn good till he was 28, so you never know. But, um, yeah. Going back to it, too, it uh, looks like Zambi Vatnam coming in at 50% retained. Okay. So it gives him a little bit of cash. To yeah, make a little that. bit of that probably helps um, with the the Brady Shea move because Brady Shea is making over five million dollars. Yeah, so. and he, he's locked in. Like, there's not much you can do. Like, I, they haven't said that the Rangers retain or did or didn't retain anything. I cannot imagine they're retaining on a four year yeah. deal. But conditional pick for Shea as well. Um, so this this could be the Toronto pick from the Marlowe deal. Uh, whatever okay. one is uh, lower, oh, okay, okay. the Rangers will receive. That makes sense. So. Um, but just just to kind of jump back and finish my point, because I I do think that there's something to be said about the optics of the David Ayers and how it might not look great for the league. I think what what looked a little worse was when Luongo had to leave the game, go to the hospital. Montoya goes in, Montoya gets hurt, and then we see Roberto Luongo comes back from the hospital in his street clothes. He puts the gear back on and he goes back out. At the time, yeah, we all kind of applaud Roberto Luongo for sticking it out and getting back out there and helping the team. But you watch him play that game. Yeah. There. How do you let that guy go? Back well, and I mean, that? even like, why did these games all involve the Leafs? Uh, even look a, a few months ago, the Leafs are beaten up on the horrible Red Wings. You got Jonathan Bernier ready to puke yes. all over the crease and shit his pants in the net. Yes. And. Uh, what that sexy episode this has been, eh? Episode 69. We haven't made a joke basically the whole episode other than 69 episodes and now I'm just bringing up uh, bowel movements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's... it's uh, Like, that didn't look great either, but I, like, I agree with you. But even, even with the Florida situation, not that this is what ended up happening, but even then... Say the back, say the say the third goalie played, like say the emergency goalie played. He was a former NHL goaltender. It was Rob Tallis, right? Yeah, that, that's okay. Like if Rob Tallis is back in net, albeit like twelve years after he retired, it's like, well, you know, at least it's fucking Rob Tallis. Yeah. Then he maybe makes some saves, and maybe it's like, okay, yeah, but he was an NHL goalie. He's just not quite as fit as he used to be. Well, David Ayers is right. not as fit as he used to be, and he also uh, was not a particularly good goaltender by all accounts. Apparently, the the NHL for the for all the other Toronto games in in uh, Scotiabank Arena, they had one of the university uh, OUA team goaltenders um, there as the emergency backup goalie. Two of the teams had already finished their season, so they weren't like the goalies are done. They're not they're not going to the to the game. And the other team, Ryerson, was playing that night. Mm-hmm. So, normally, David Ayers, at you know, any other point this year, would not have been the guy going in. Uh, it would have been one of the OUA you know, university goalies. There just wasn't any teams available that night, which is... It's playoff season for them, right? Yeah. It's, hard, it's hard to work around that, but it's just funny to think a week ago, this guy's not... He's not the guy going in. You're getting, like, an actual... Another semi-conditioned goaltender. Another interesting thing about it, too, just quickly, was, uh, like... Because I had never thought about this until Elliot Friedman brought it up that night. But he, apparently, when it happened, asked around that, hypothetically, if James Reimer wants to come back into the game, can they just do that? And the NHL said, no. Mm-hmm. This guy's in the net now. Yeah. And unless something happens to him, this is the goalie for the rest of the game. They have no other option. Which is kind of neat. Because if things start to go to, to hell, there's nothing you can do. 
they didn't go to hell, as we know now. But you know what I mean? Sure like that, like that's, it might. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, there are people talking on Twitter like this is the most embarrassing thing that's happened to the Leafs. It like, ever. Probably is. Saying. Okay, I, I don't know. I don't think so at all. Like, you know, Harold Ballard owned the team for like 40 years. On ice, but Right. Okay, maybe. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, to your point, in that case, it might be the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened in the NHL. Right. But I don't really... I, I don't know. I don't think this is as big of a deal as people make it out to be. It's just shit happens. Hockey's a team sport. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Like, that's when everyone talks about it being the ultimate team sport. And, you, you know, if you put some jackass fan as the one of the cornerbacks on the field in a football game, like, that team's still going to probably win unless you throw every single ball in that direction. But if the other team lets you throw the ball... To, you know what I mean, the left side of the fucking field where this 43-year-old Kevin's standing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, like then that's that's yeah. that other team's fault for letting you throw the ball every fucking time that you snapped it. The only you know, other like, thing, like, like, that's the thing. The only it, other thing I can think of is, like, this would be like, if the New York Yankees had to put the popcorn kid in on the mound yeah. to, like four, to pitch. Yeah, <laughs> like, but not even, not, not even, it's, it's almost the same idea as if you put the popcorn kid in left field. Because, like... As long as the rest of the team plays good enough, oh, the ball shouldn't go into left field. Right. And it's the same thing. Like, the Hurricanes played so fucking flawless for those. Like, you got to give the Hurricanes some credit here. As much was, as, like, everyone's... That was the best game. Like, that intermission could not have come at a better time for the Hurricanes. Yeah. They had time to go into the room. Yeah. Rod Bernamore could say, look, guys, like, this guy needs to face five shots or less for us to win. Yeah. Uh, we're sending one guy in. That's it. You four stay back. Because you you watch the end of that second period, the Leafs get two two goals right away. First mm-hmm. two shots that that guy sees, they're they're in the net. Yeah. If that if that intermission was that's a, a, part, a few minutes out, that's or... the part that everyone misses too. To me, it's like in that game, it's not like you know they just fucked off as soon as the emergency goalie came in. It's like no, they 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 gave him a good run there for a few minutes, and then the Hurricanes realized like holy shit, like. We've got no other choice than to, like, absolutely play as hard as we can here or we're going to lose this game. The part that bugs me about it, and I understand why Leaf fans are pissed here, is because if the Hurricanes can play that way in that situation, the Leafs should be and should have been playing like that for two, three weeks now. The Leafs should be playing every night like they've got a fucking emergency goalie in the net because they can't afford to lose games right now. And they're playing nothing but good teams. Like, they should be playing lights-out fucking hockey all the time. They should be playing like their backs are up the wall, against the wall, all the time. And John Tavares said today that they're in playoff mode. What are you talking... What fucking playoff mode? What are you, what are you out of your fucking mind? You're, this is not a... You guys don't look like a playoff team. You look like one of the fucking worst teams in the league the last couple weeks. Now, I'm not as panicked as other Leaf fans are. Like, I'm not, I'm not as worried about it. But it's just, like, that's the part that kind of discouraged me, is, like, not saying that they should have outplayed the Hurricanes that night, but where the fuck was a Hurricanes-type effort on Tuesday, on on Sunday, on Saturday? Like, like they've been playing not great for a while. They played great on Thursday, and all of a sudden they're back to this, where they didn't look comfortable any part of the game against Carolina. Yeah. You know? Like, any part of it. They, they, they probably lose that game fucking 6-1 if it's not for David Ayers. So... You shouldn't be getting blown out in your own building on a Saturday night. When the other team's on a back-to-back. It's just... 
the whole goalie thing added to the fact, but to be quite honest with you... It didn't matter. The goalie didn't make a fucking difference nope. in that game. Didn't matter. And that's the part, um, is like, you can't beat a Zamboni driver. It's like, well, no, but if the other team doesn't let you get shots from inside the fucking per- perimeter for 35 minutes, you know, like, well, yeah. Matthews had a couple good chances, that was it. Mm-hmm. Not a, like, good chance, like, you know... Hyman shot a puck straight in Ayers, Ayers chest. You know that's that's sort of on Hyman. It's sort of on the past. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it, it is what it is. But um, Mitch yeah, Marner's comments know. after the game really bothered me too. Though. I don't remember what he said. He 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 equated his play that evening to dog shit, um, and that he didn't have the willpower. I gotta find the willpower. Yeah. Where'd you leave it? What, what what more do you... You play for the hometown team that you grew up cheering for. You're making uh, near $11 million because you held the team at gunpoint all summer. You've got the best facilities in the world. You've got some of the best teammates in the world. You've got the best fans, arguably, in the sport. Um, Louis Domingue to Vancouver, by the way. Oh, keep going. That's, there you go. That's... But... You're making millions of dollars off your your fucking your eighteen thousand TV commercials that are coming out every year. What willpower? Did 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 you did you think that the the Hurricanes were gonna just let you win the game? Here's the puck, Mitch. Go out, have a fun time. Yeah. Have a good time, Mitch. Yeah. What? If you don't have the willpower to play hockey, stay home. Yeah. Stay home. Well. Part of me does think I agree with you, but I, but I do think a little bit of that is him taking um, some blame for other teammates that have not been playing up to snuff. Because listen, like I've been on this podcast, I've been on Twitter, I've had many, many, many personal conversations where uh, I've told people I like Mitch Marner, but I think he deserves a lot more criticism than what he actually gets. A lot of the criticism Nylander gets should have been on Marner the past few years. Not saying Nylander doesn't deserve criticism, um, but I, I just I feel like people are missing like 58 minutes of the game sometimes when they watch Marner play because there are a lot of nights where he's not dialed in. I think he's been great this year. I, I think he's been really really good. But like any other player, he has his off nights. That that's the problem, right? Is you know. People are all over Tyson Berry because he makes bad mistakes. And he makes bad mistakes every night. But it's usually one bad shift as opposed to bad shift after bad shift after bad shift, I find. Even Nick Lidstrom had bad shifts. Sidney Crosby has quiet nights. Connor McDavid is a negative possession player. Like, these, even the best players in the world are not great every like 100% of the time. So with Mitch Marner, yeah, like, you know what I mean? He, he has his lapses. My thought on it, though, is, you know, Kerfoot's got to be better. Like, everyone needs to be better. The only guy I think that's playing up to their potential pretty much every shift right now is Austin Matthews. Is playing great. And no one's talking about that. Everyone's, you know, looking at the rest of the team. And that's fine. But, you know, I feel like people just kind of nitpick these arguments with this team. And it's, it's, it's a lot more complicated than being like... Well, Kyle Dubas just built this team full of full of nerd number players, and and you know, like, I don't it's think there the, is sort of the killer in Hurricanes. There's not, and exactly, Eric Tolsky's a fucking GM. Don't don't give me Don Waddell. Fuck off on Don Waddell. It's Eric Tolsky runs that team. So don't don't sit here and tell me that 
you know what I mean? You'd rather take this roster three years ago compared to what it is right now. It's That's insane to me. Come on. Give me a fucking break. Because even when you look at that roster, you're not talking Mitch Marner like he is now. You're talking Mitch Marner three years ago. Not as good as he is now. Austin Matthews. Not even fucking close. It's not even close. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... But everyone's all panicked. And I, and I, to me, I don't really think that that, that is as concerning as just the week as a whole. You know? Like, just the effort level the week as a whole. To me, the Zamboni driver part of that is fucking irrelevant. I, I think it's absolutely irrelevant in the in the big picture of all of it. Probably. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with you. Um, At least if you're the team. You know what I mean? If you're a fan, sure, I get it bothers you. But I watched that game back. It didn't. It really didn't bother me that fact. What bothered me was the compete level. Like it would bother me any other night. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's just it. It's, it's one game out of 82. Carolina's a good team, but... It's one game out of 82. Um, I've, I've seen some Leaf fans that were saying, like, oh, you got to be sellers tomorrow. you got to... Yeah, you know, give me do, a break. This is, all, this is all on Dubas. Uh, this is all on Keith. This is on the player. You know who this is on? And I, this is maybe a little bit on, Keith, on uh, uh, Dubas. This is most on Mike Babcock, because we're not having this conversation right now today. If Mike Babcock well, and, and gets, that's, that's the thing though. Like, but it, it, I'll give Dubas a little bit of blame though. Dubas could have fired him last summer. That's what I mean. And then yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So, but I get what your point is because here's the thing: is the fan base is is already so there's already so much pent up rage from losing again in the first round last year. Everyone's already on edge, and I get that. But like, I made this comment on Twitter this week to a, to a fellow writer, Jeremy Ridgewell, is you can tell with a lot of Leafs Twitter. They haven't been watching this team that long. Because to me, like, I can I can watch all this shit and it's still like, this is still fine. Like, things were a lot fucking worse ten years ago. I don't know where you were ten years Five ago. Five years ago. This was way fucking worse. People were throwing waffles at the players for fuck's sake. Not making that up. People were throwing waffles at the fucking players. This is still fine. Like, this is fine. People aren't coming to the games wearing bags on their fucking head. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, things were so much fucking worse. And everyone gets so panicked because they started so shitty. And the per- the perception is now they need to play flawless the rest of the year. That's not the case. They don't actually need to play flawless. They're at that point now. But three weeks ago, they were still, like... Yeah, exactly. No, just keep your pace going and you're going to be fine. Yeah. And now it's a little more like, oh, yeah, and you we, get, you get lucky, I get, Florida loses that night. And, I get people getting a little panicky now, but people are way too panicked. Like, now is the point where you should be a little bit, okay, this, this looks a little sketchy, yeah. right? Because that's where I'm at now. And I, I, like, I hate having to be the fucking rational fan all the time because, yeah, I want to get mad, but like... This is this is nothing still. Like, relax. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe I'm naive for thinking that. I don't know. Maybe I am. And maybe this team is a fucking disaster. And maybe I, I should be embarrassed and walking around wearing a bag on my head. Have you tried it? I'm sure there's a lot of people who look at me every day that wish I was wearing a bag on Ooh. my head. Uh-huh, that's pretty harsh. You're okay? oh, You're, are you doing okay? Yeah, I don't know. You want to talk about something else? I don't have to look at myself. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm good looking or not. Um yeah, like I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm not as concerned by all of as, as we this are now, Zamboni driver nonsense as everyone else is. As we are now, about a half hour after the deadline, and and, and things will still come in. But as it sits, uh, Callie Rosen for Hutchinson, the only move that Dubas makes today is mm-hmm. 
Is is that the like? Should there have been more action? No. Should there have been a, a different response today? No. Um, I think I think making any sort of trade today uh, is more of a comment to the people that you leave on the roster than any other movie could have made because there's just everyone wants to go into the deadline and win the Stanley Cup today. Everyone wants to go into the deadline and win the Stanley Cup on that day. It it's never done on the deadline. It's never done. You add a piece, but the the pieces should already be there. You add a piece to complement, right? The the Leafs at this point, I think should be believing in the group that they have, and I I, I think it's. I is, think is making there the something is there something to be said for keeping pace with those teams around you that are your competition come playoff time, making moves. You look at Coleman and Tampa. Kashi in Boston. You know uh, the Penguins go. They have a big day today. I, I hate the idea that I've been agreeing with Craig Button so much over the last week, but but he said something earlier, and I I do agree with him. Is that you know he he made the comment that he doesn't believe in this team at all. Okay, but he did also back that up by saying, you know what, I I, I definitely agree that individually they have an incredible group of players, but can they come together as a team? And he he doesn't believe that they can anytime soon maybe they will in time but i agree with him when he says that in the way that you know they need to find a way to get this going because you look at this roster there there's it's not a weak roster i still genuinely believe they have a top five roster in the nhl they have a top five team no Uh, you've seen it in flashes but even on the good nights it's like seven really good minutes and then it's like 53 not bad minutes They've only played a handful of games this year where I'd say were great, great games. And um, to me, they need to find a way to get there. And if they can't get there with this group, then I think now Dubas goes in the summer and knows that maybe he needs to make a bigger move and and sort of move the core around a little bit more than he thought he initially had to. Um, But I think the only way you know that is if you test run this group, this is the group, boys, and and, and make it work. Um, And I I think that's the right move to make. I, I agreed with him to... Uh, when he absolutely lost his mind on Saturday night and was yelling at the camera because I thought it was funny as someone who has to watch Leafs lunch at work every day, um, not by choice, that, like, he always says he's not a Leaf fan. He is. He Like, a guy doesn't get that fucking worked up about the team if he's not, like, kind of trying to cheer for them. He has to talk about them every day. There's no fucking way this guy's not cheering for the team. But you could see his visible frustration on Saturday night when he delivered the absolutely perfect line, this team, anytime they face pressure, folds like a cheap tent in a light wind, which I thought was fucking hilarious. I loved it. Yeah, the 30 seconds of him just being pissed. Frank Saravalli's standing there, like, all nervous, like, just relax, Craig, it's gonna be okay. And Craig's just losing it. And I'm like, yes, yes, like, inject this into my veins. Play this for all the... Play this at practice. Instead of fucking music one practice, just play Craig Button. His rant, nonstop. I thought it was great. Yeah, that that does sound like uh, something he would do. Uh, Nineteen games left to see if this core can uh, do anything more for the Leafs, get them into the playoffs, get them any further than that. One guy that will be around for the playoff run and for a few years uh, to come. Uh, the Maple Leafs tweeting out that they have re-signed Jake Muzzin. Mm. Uh, to a four-year contract extension, uh, looks like the cap hit is five seven five. I want to say five point six two five. Five six two five. All right, then my math mm. is not correct. Uh, Jake Muzzin, 
four more years of uh, Muzz Lightyear on on the on the the back end. Mm-hmm. Probably the least best defenseman this year, I'd have to say. Uh, you know, Morgan Riley's been hurt. He's missed a lot I, of time. I would say, yeah, no. Jake Muzzin's been their best defenseman this year by by a country mile. Um, even at points last year, was their best defenseman. I, I still think he played through an injury last year. Um, but at points, for sure, he was the best defenseman on the roster. Like, like, a, like a really, like Morgan Riley, the first three games this year, <laughs> if he could have done that for 79 more games, then yeah, he's one of the best defensemen in the NHL. But, you know, three games out of a fucking 600-game career or whatever he's at now, it's kind of like, okay, what it really is Morgan Riley? Hmm. I get the argument. Um, they're missing him big time right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you like the deal for Muzz? Yeah, I think it's great. It's yeah. lower than what everyone thought, and it's one less year than what everyone kind of projected. He was projected around six mil a year for five years. Okay. Uh, I'll take I'll take a, an extra. I wouldn't have gone longer than four myself. No, I and I don't think Dubas would have. Yeah. I, and I think more of that is Muzzin just wanting to stay put. I do know as well, though, um, it doesn't actually say here on Cap Friendly yet. Uh, I noticed, though, a few minutes ago, it does include some sort of a no trade, uh, which is good. Because they don't have to protect him in the expansion draft. If it's no trade, yeah, no, yeah. for sure, that is, uh, that is, well, and like that's the thing, right? Like they, so, they, they got gonna, that Sandman. They're gonna have to protect Sandman. They're they're, Sandman there. They'll probably have to, unless they're walking away from Riley. They'll they'll have to protect Riley, and probably Logren by that point, if they're hanging if, on to him. If he's still around, yeah. And, um, it's not like they have you a know, lot of You know, the argument is, is Dermot. You know what I mean? Like, it depends how their D looks in a year. Yeah, exactly. Paul's another guy, right? Yeah. You'll, you'll leave him out there, but... Right. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, maybe. <laughs> well, I don't know. If Hall from the first half of the year comes back, then he might want to I guess, it, I guess we didn't we'd touch on it, and uh, this is only my, my Leaf-ism coming out, but Kelly Rosen also signed next year. So... Um, oh, yeah. That's... that's He joins... Uh, uh, Riley and Muzzin is the only Leaf defensemen that have contracts next season, so uh, that might be a factor. You know what I mean? Like if 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 they don't think that they want to hang on to Ro- Rosen joins them, yeah. Well, Hall has a contract next year. He signed and, an extension, this and year. technically right. Lilligren and Sandine do. All right, like, Dur- like Dermot, Dermot and Barry, are the only guys I actually have to worry about right now. And CC, I and I got it. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you. Feel like they're only worried about one of those defensemen we, we mentioned. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're worried about CC for other reasons, maybe. But maybe because his, well, I mean, of course, because he's got a boo boo. Maybe, right now. maybe you bring him back just to expose him in the draft. Fuck me. <laughs> I gotta tell you, everyone's talking about the failures of the of the Leafs general manager and everything like that. I, I I don't have any complaints with Dubas, but if I have to watch Cody CC in a Leafs jersey again next year, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. Under any circumstance, I can't do it. Oh, there's been worse. There has been worse, but we shouldn't have to deal with this there have been worse type comparisons anymore. We should be past that. <laughs> allow yourself to to love the Leafs, James, and, and allow yourself to say, you know what, we don't have to have bad players. We don't have to. We don't have to. Well, actually, that's not true. We do need to have them if we want to be a cup contender. You need to have your Roosevelt, your your Jack Johnson, your Dan Girardi. The Capitals have someone who was just god-awful when they won the Cup? Probably. I'll look it up. The what were you going to say? You said, sorry, the Capitals? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Brayden Holpe. Um, 
Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. I'm, I'm, I'm a little all over the map here. I'm looking. Any other six, trades happen while we were talking? No, we're still we waiting on the Robin, Robin Leonard news. Did they? Yeah, uh, they never got to to Leonard there. Yeah. Um, Sportsnet has a trade posted here uh, about uh, nine minutes ago. Looks like Barkley, Goudreau, and a third uh, going to the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, for f- a first-round pick Classic. to the San Jose Sharks and Anthony Greco, who we've already mentioned. <laughs> this is the third time he got traded there? Or uh, twice. Twice. Okay. So Anthony Greco going to the Sharks. I'm thinking of uh, Aaron LeChuck. Yeah. But, uh, Did he get traded again, or is he uh, staying he, put now? Well, there's time. Um, Barkley, Goudreau, most notably known for being the guy that uh, Coach Buchner leaned on during a... Uh, mm. referee discussion. Mm. Good video. Um, that seems a little high for Barkley Goudreau. I don't know. Oh, it is. I don't, yeah. He's okay. I mean, good for the Sharks, I guess, but the Tampa Lightning giving out first-round picks this year like they're going out of style. Mm-hmm. Like they're candy. Um, huh. I don't really have much to say on that because I don't really know how Barkley Goudreau impacts the Lightning. Well... I mean, like, when you think of it as a first-round pick for Barkley Goudreau, it sounds bad. It might be one of those things where, and I, I don't know how many front offices really think this way, but I might be grasping at straws here. The Lightning legit might have looked at this and been like, well, you know, our first, San Jose's third, it's only like 35 spots difference to move down to get a decent depth player in Barkley Goudreau. Like, maybe they look at it that way. Looks like um, it. Because, uh... like, Goudreau signed next year, I believe, at a good cap hit. He's a he's a decent player. Like he is another guy. I know you hear this all the time, but he is legitimately a guy who's kind of like Zach Hyman. If you put him on a top line, he'll be a grinder. He can skate with everybody. You put him on the fourth line, you know, he's probably going to be a really good fourth line. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like the fit. He's Blake Coleman light, to be honest with you. Not not to squash your uh, thirty-five pick theory, but it's the uh, Flyers' third round pick. Uh, that mm. the Sharks are trading. So. Okay, so 50 spots. 50 spots. Yeah. yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we're back in our little lull here as we wait for more uh, trades to come through. Oh, I remember the Caps player that was god-awful when they won the Cup. A Brooks or pick. It's fair. It's very fair. <laughs> I mean, Devontae smith is so out of the league already, so I guess you could toss his Yeah, name well... It wasn't great, great in the regular season, but that, like, you know, my God, he got them going during the playoffs, you know? Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. Brooks Orpik played uh, 105 games that year. He scored one goal. So, Mint, though, regular season, he was minus nine. Uh, playoffs, he was plus 17. Cool. Barry Trotz just figured out, uh, you know what? Fucking just put him on the ice, like, five minutes a period, and maybe we'll get a goal, and that was five minutes. Hmm. He played, what, he played 17 minutes in the playoffs? What are you talking about? Uh, Kevin Shovel, day off talking right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is definitely the twilight zone right now that yeah. we're in. Anything could happen. I don't know. All the pieces could move. The dominoes might fall. That's all I got. Hmm. Um, Kevin Shevel Dayoff addressing the media on well, I, Sportsnet behind us. I, I guess we don't need TSN's permission. We could just finally take that break that we've been working for for like 45 minutes. we still got another break in us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Chevy didn't do anything today. Not much. No, he, like, he made the, the Eakin trade. Like, Chevy, yeah. Got his homework done early. 
Good for Chevy. You know what? He's been so busy the last two years, he said, fuck it this year. Yeah. I like it. Good. Good for you. Good for you. What do you think? Jets make the playoffs? Oh, this roster? You think so? You're down? Third. Cool. First ball, third spot. Okay. Uh, We're going to take a break here. We'll be back. Hey there. It's Cole Turbide, former guest of Laced Up, a hockey podcast. I appeared on episode 36 last April and had a pretty good time. I wanted to wish James and Brutes congratulations on their 6-9 nice episode. At the time of the episode, I was playing for the Thunder Bay North Stars, but now I'm not doing too much. I just play in the Stanley Men's League against a bunch of former junior hockey players and some university players. So now you can say I'm living my best life possible. Like Morty Broder says, the post-retirement midlife crisis. 69 is a lot of episodes, a lot of hockey nonsense, but some good stories in there as well. Brutes and James have a nice lane going on here, and 69 is no small accomplishment. Thanks for doing what you do, and let's fire up another 69 nice episodes. Alright, well, that uh, that should hopefully do... Well, not hopefully, I shouldn't say that, uh, but I think that's the end of our breaks. Um, we're uh, still waiting on anything else to trickle in. The NHL, apparently, they, they take their sweet time in terms of processing. They got one they got one girl at the at the paper copier. Just I gotta reload the ink cartridge, honey. Just give me a sec. And then she puts the phone down and she's gonna do it. But she doesn't know how it works, of course, because they just got that device like two months ago. And and Jan didn't fill her in on how to use that particular ink cartridge before Jan took her little holiday uh, down in the uh, Caribbean. Jan, I need more toner. Sweetie, <laughs> and bring me my smokes. She's <laughs> got a bottle of whiskey at her desk. I'm, Some people think it's paint thinner, but... How come nobody's using the fax machine anymore these days? It's, these Fakasha emails and... Yeah, Meredith, the NHL... Uh, Meredith, the fax lady's also uh, also been married to Rick, the schedule maker, for thirty seven years. Oh, bad divorce. Yep. No. You think so? Come on. I think they're happily married. No, Rick's too engrossed in his work. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Shelly, are you taking me to dinner tonight? No, we we can't go to that steakhouse. Josh Groban's playing a show there tonight. We can't go. (laughs) He's got to make sixteen phone calls every night. It's on hold for half an hour every time. I tried getting that back table, but it's already reserved for Christopher Cross, so. <laughs> Sorry, we can't go. Said it's Cross's table. 20 minutes, uh, not 20 minutes, 20 games uh, or so left for uh, most of these teams. Um, based on what you've seen today, who, who impressed you the most uh, on Carolina. trade deadline weekend? Carolina? Carolina. Uh, Brady I mean, Shea. Yeah, like, I'm I'm not as in love with Brady Shea as I definitely used to be. Um, but he's still a, 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 you know, a good top four option, I think. I, I like the Vatanen deal, but I think I think Trocek addresses a need that they desperately had uh, without really subtracting anything crucial to what they were as a team. You know, they brought in Halla, and Halla was good for them, but Halla was in and out of the lineup because of injuries, so... You know, it's not like they've been depending on Halla for years. 
Same thing kind of goes for Walmart. Walmart's a good player, but I, I don't really think of him as part of the identity of the team. Trocek's a guy who is going to fit right in on that roster. I think everything about him, he's a fun guy who who, who plays the game hard. And I, I think is going to love him. I think the city, uh, the city of Raleigh's going to love him. Like, I, I think that's a perfect fit. So, um, yeah, I, I like what the Hurricanes did a lot. Um, They're sitting right now um, tied with Columbus for the uh, last spot uh, in the wild card. Columbus does play tonight, so we'll have to kind of see how that game shakes out. And, um, and uh, you know, it could be a situation where Carolina's on the outside looking in by the time they get their, their first game uh, after mm-hmm. the deadline. So by no means are they, you know, in the playoffs, so to speak. Uh, the Metro starting to spread out a little bit. You know, you see Washington and, and Pittsburgh up at the top. Seems like it's could be a two horse race for the, the division lead there, but after that, Philly, New York, Columbus, Carolina, um, all within three points of each other. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Like I, I look at like I think the Islanders with you know Pajot, um, I think they're better. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've taken a big step. Um, Philadelphia apparently they'll win a few more draws with Nate Thompson, but. You know, good for them, and then Columbus. I think Columbus is just happy to be here. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I don't. I don't see them, even as we're waiting for trades. I, I don't think anything is going to come through with Columbus. You know, oh, we went out and got so and so that's going to play in our middle six. That's going to help. I think Columbus is legitimately just happy to be, you know, in the conversation. If it happens, great. If not, hey, you know what? We kind of didn't expect to make the playoffs going into the year. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would agree with you. I think Carolina definitely took a took a big step forward in terms of that race as well. Um, Ottawa. I think uh, I need to mention the the fact that they were able to get some draft. Like they basically bought a draft pick uh, uh, by signing Tyler Ennis and yeah. trading him. You know, uh, the fact that they were able to get a first, a second, and a third for for Pajot. Again, as much as I like Pajot, I, I don't view him as much more than. Um, a, a, an okay second line center, a really good third line center. He's kind of how, you know, I, I, how I would have described Derek Broussard a couple years ago is where Pajot is now. And, um, you know, I'm not really sure about the long-term implications of that deal there. Um, but one, one more team too, I think that had a great deadline is it's Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I think Pittsburgh did a good job. Montreal did a good job too, but, um, just kind of a, in a different way, like more in a quiet sort of, uh, yeah. a deadline, but, you know, Pittsburgh bringing back Connor Sheary, at least he's someone that you know can play. You already know where he can play in your lineup. He, he's not any worse than he was a few years ago. He just had some injuries and didn't have any line mates in Buffalo. They put him on the fourth line some nights. Sheary's not a guy who's going to drive the line. Sheary's a guy that if you put him with a good centerman, you know, such as like one of the best players to ever play the game, Sidney Crosby, uh, he can set things up and be a point per game player. Like yeah. he's a, he's a good player. Uh, Rodriguez, I think, fits into their style. I think he's the kind of guy that you know that they're gonna like. Um, I could honestly see him playing on Malkin's wing. Like he he's another guy that smart, skilled player. And Marlowe gives them a reason to to you know for to scrap and um, you know Marlowe's a guy who steps up in big games, uh, even at this stage where he's a shell of his former self. He has a way of showing up in those big moments. So um, I think the Penguins did a good job. I think they recognized that they have to go for it. Um, and they got three decent players today and didn't really give up much to do it. Yeah. So 
I'll give a little bit of love out west, um, and I don't know if I think the pieces are going to work out, but I like the fact that the Edmonton Oilers went out and did something. They went out, they spent um, some assets, you know, they moved some picks out. This isn't, you know, the Oilers last year where they're going to sit back and say, well, we keep our picks, you know, we're going to hang on to our picks because we might need our picks this, this June to pick somebody. No, you've got Conor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Spend your assets. Try to do something to, to make your roster uh, more prepared, let's say, for the playoffs. Uh, Mike Green, I don't know what he's going to give you, but he's a veteran guy on a defense that doesn't have a lot of veteran presence. Uh, Athena CU gives you another set of wheels up front. Sticking with McDavid, you got a fantastically fast one-two punch. Stick him on another line, and you're just adding speed down your lineup. Um, and um, who's the third? Oh, Tyler Ennis. Tyler Ennis is, you know, I think that's a really nice, cheap fit. Uh, third line, maybe, maybe fourth line guy for the Edmonton Oilers. We, we talked about it, uh, I want to say, last week. The Oilers did not, on paper, have much of a NHL roster, you might say, uh, in the bottom six. Not a lot of guys, especially in the wings, that you'd want on pretty much any other team. Mm, basically none. Right. And I, I like Tyler Ennett. I think it was a fifth-round pick they gave up for him. Uh, a couple seconds for, you know, Athens to see you. I, I think they're, they're effective cost-wise cost uh, pickups that you, you can slot into your lineup. And it's just going to... Just going to give you a little bit more, I, I think. And uh, with a weak Pacific, this is the year. And I, I think that that is going to cement them as a playoff team. I'm not going to say they're winning the division. I'm not going to say that they're going to finish in the top three of the division. I just I don't see them slipping anywhere further down than the wild card spot at this point. And, uh, yeah, once, once you get there, once you get to the dance, uh, you know, anything can happen. So Yeah, I still really don't like their roster, but... I will admit that they've addressed needs that I have been saying that they right. desperately had, which is NHL-level wingers. And um, Athanasiu is is one of the fastest skaters in the NHL. He's one of the only guys that I think might be faster than Connor McDavid. And to acquire a guy that you know can potentially play at that speed is good. There are issues with his game. I'm I'm willing to admit, but a guy that you know can shoot the puck and can skate that fast. Maybe a coach like Tippett can kind of get some stuff out of Athens to you that, you know, Jeff Blashill was never able to get out of him. You know, Athens to you is a guy who is horrible defensively. Like, just, it's a fact. Like, he sucks defensively. It's a minus 45 well-deserved in his case. Um, you know, he's a guy who doesn't seem to know how to play the, the east-west sort of game. He likes to play the north-south and try to go straight at guys and straight through them and dangle around them and try to make these moves. And, you know, you could just blow to the outside and blow around these guys. He doesn't seem to know how to use his speed. It's something that McDavid probably will be able to show him. It's something that Tippett will probably help him improve. Um, Ennis is a veteran guy who can kind of fit anywhere in a lineup if you need him to. He's not going to give you a ton but he'll he'll give you good reasonable minutes and can play with the pucks. So it's something that their their bottom six doesn't have. But you look at their bottom six, and Tyler Ennis is immediately the best player in the bottom six by a freaking country mile. Mm-hmm. So you know, like it's kind of hilarious how that happens. But it again, it addresses the need. And yeah, Mike Green's a bit of a wild card, but I I do like the trade a lot. They don't really give up anything for him, so um, why not? 
you know. Uh, I think it's three... I think it shows a little bit of effort, and it shows some confidence in the, in the roster, um, you know, by, by Ken Holland. This is a team that's already an elite penalty-killing team. They're an elite power play team, but they have those issues five-on-five. Five. This maybe lets them play McDavid, like, 22 minutes instead of 25, and maybe that means he'll have the puck more of the time he's on the ice because right now the other team has the puck much more than McDavid does when he's on the ice. McDavid is effective when he has the puck, when his team has the puck. He shouldn't be having to defend as much as he does, and he's defending so much because he's tired. Right. So now I'm willing to analyze this Oilers team as like a, a legitimate maybe NHL team now, whereas before I, like this roster is just horrible, and now it's maybe okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, any teams that you were surprised didn't do more? I, I Again, there might be some trades coming through we don't know about, but at this point... Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm happy that the Jets stayed put the way they did. I, I, I think that it's smart to know that, you know, they're probably good enough to get to the playoffs. They might be good enough to compete in the playoffs. This is one of those teams, if they get hot, you know, they, they would scare the living hell out of me. Um, but on the same hand, you know, there's no need to mortgage the future right now when most of their core is pretty young. So, um, yeah, I, I like the fact that they didn't do too much, um... You know, I, I thought maybe the Flyers would would make some sort of a, of a big splash, and they never really did. So, I was that's I, up to them. But I was expecting a little bit more to Dallas. Um, well, they were they were pushing for Thornton, um, which they're one of the only teams where I I I, I don't know. I, I guess I see Thornton as a fit. I know I didn't really last week. The more I think about it, maybe like if you put him with Pavelski, but. Again, like it's just it seems counterproductive to me. So I don't know. They tried to make it happen. I guess it didn't work. They couldn't. They couldn't come to an agreement for whatever reason. I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah, about a week ago or so, they were right there with St. Louis in terms of the top of the division. They lose that game. Blues and Avalanche both been on a bit of a heater. Uh, Dallas, not so much. They've been fine, just not quite as good as those two teams. And uh, I was really expecting them to go out there and do something to put themselves just in a better position going in. Try to get that home ice advantage even in the central. Um, and, of course, the, the story, you know, start of the year was Julius Honka. Could have been something that they could have used to try to trade to get something out of somebody. And uh, I guess we'll never know. And, and, again, something might come through. But... Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's one team I was shocked that didn't really. Well, do I mean, at this stage, you're, we're not expecting any big name players to uh, to really, you know, get shipped out. So you should be thinking depth moves if anything sure. else is coming through. But yeah, it does certainly sound like the the day might be done. One more team that I kind of thought would sell a bit more, and I know we we have some listeners that are a fan of this team, but. Um, you know, I liked Montreal's deadline, but I thought they would do more. Uh, I, I kind of figured that Tatar would be a name that they'd be dangling out and with one year left on his deal at 4.8. And, you know, it is 4.8. You can't be retaining any more salary because it's already retained as is. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I figured a bit more would be coming there. I figured a team would push really, really hard for Petrie and that maybe that, you know, would entice them to move him. But, you know, this is a team with... Um, you know, not an overly amazing prospect group and a team that probably should be 
looking to improve said prospect group. And a team that has, you know, their youngest defenseman in their lineup right now is 26 years old. Uh, with Victor Mete out right now. So, I mean, you know, this is an older team. Like, in terms of their average age, they're a team that I consider an older team. And I figured that they might be a little bit more active sellers, but apparently not. Yeah. Uh, uh, fair point all around. And I, I saw a lot of people talking about Buffalo uh, going up there, getting Wayne Simmons and missing themselves. Oh, we're... We're in the we're in the race still, you know. It's 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 only a what is it, a six point gap to catch uh, to catch the Leafs. I liked getting Cahoon for Rodriguez and Sheary because they weren't even playing Sheary, and Rodriguez asked for a trade. Right. So it's almost two non assets for a decent young player in Dominic Cahoon. But on the same, you know, at the same time, what the hell are you doing with Wayne Simmons? Like I I don't I don't get that. Yeah, I'm hoping maybe he like their thought on that is because he's such a you know supposed to be a good leader and a good guy in the locker room that maybe he's going to come in and kind of help teach the guys a few things going into next year sort of and um, you know help be a positive influence kind of in the long run for this team. Mm. But I don't know. It's a, it's a that's a really bizarre trade. But as much as I say it's a bizarre trade. New Jersey signing him in the first place was kind of a bizarre move too. It was, yeah, and, and the other thing too is is that he's cooked. This wasn't a situation where where the Devils, the seller, were giving this guy this veteran presence to a you know uh, contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went a couple spots up the standings list to Buffalo, and that's where he likely will stay. Uh, you, you know, like. It didn't really make much sense to me that the Devils couldn't get more for him just out of some desperate team. You know what I mean? Like, somebody missed out on Pajot and Nemesnikov and, you know, whoever else. And then they went, well, at least we could get Wayne Simmons for a third. But, you know, the Devils flipping for a fifth to Buffalo, who really... I'll give, I'll, give him, I'll give him. I'll do the opposite. I'll give him credit for getting anything for him. Well, uh, and th- there's an argument there for sure. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, this is the way GMs work. I think is that you you work yourself out of Plan A, and by the time you get to Plan F, you're given up an asset for a Wayne Simmons. And now the word you're looking for, James, is uh, nepotism, uh, and the word is Ooh, nepotism. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, uh, Wayne Simmons is to to quote one of my. Uh, favorite comedians Hannibal Burris uh, Wayne Simmons is garbage garbage right. sure um, still waiting on the return for um, Robin Lehner not too sure what the what the holdup is um, no I got it here oh uh, Robin Lehner and ooh, the Leafs involved huh alright uh, the Vegas Golden Knights get Robin Leonard and Martin's Calls, who I believe was in... He was a Leaf, yeah. He was in the Leafs system. I think he was with the Blackhawks now, though. Um... I don't know. And, and uh, the Blackhawks get a second round pick in 2020. Uh, Malcolm Subban goes to the Blackhawks, as well as Slava Demon, who I've never heard of. Uh, the Maple Leafs get a fifth round pick, and the reason for that is because... Uh, Robin Leonard is uh, the Leafs are retaining some of Robin Leonard's salary, 
Which I guess is kind of a smart move in, in a... Well, here, here goes a classic Leaf fan. You know what? I, I really like this trade for the Leafs. <laughs> Circles from what it's worth what, was uh, coming from the Leafs. What's What honestly might be a thought here, and it'll ne- we'll never know for sure, but this is just a speculation, is do you remember a couple years ago when Vegas retained on Derek Broussard? Yeah. So that way the Penguins could trade for him. So that way the Jets couldn't. So this could be a thing where the Leafs are retaining so that way the Hurricanes can't trade for Leonard. Or, you know what I mean, Florida, more specifically, can't trade for Leonard. I just pulled up Leonard's cap-friendly page. So the Golden Knights are going to pay him 1.4, or the cap hit will be 1.4. The cap hit for the Blackhawks will be 2.5, and the cap hit for the Leafs will be 1.1. A wacky deal all around. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, well, you get a fifth-round fifth, fifth round pick to, to eat a million dollars, I guess. And if any team is okay spending money that they're not using, uh, I guess it's the Leafs. Yeah. Um, wow, that, that is kind of wild. Malcolm Subban, uh, they don't even hang on to him. They, they get rid of him as well. And uh, Blackhawks has a second-round pick, essentially, for Robin Leonard. I don't I don't mind it. I, I think Robin Leonard's the kind of guy you want. If you're the Vegas Golden Knights going in the playoffs, because you know what you have in Marc Andre Fleury, you hope you get what you had in Marc Andre Fleury a few years ago. But if you don't, you're looking on the bench. You're looking at Robin Leonard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throw him in. Let's yeah, go. It, it could Buckle work. Up. It could work one of two ways, right? It could work that ideal way, or it could just be more like when the Kings traded for Bishop, and maybe neither goalie ends up being good. But I, I would, I, I wouldn't bet on that. True. You know what I mean? That was more of like a bad Kings team, um, or not great Kings team. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully, maybe they get two goals and Bishop only gives up one every night, and you know they weren't particularly great possession wise, so they were giving up more goals and more chances. And uh, also, I think Lenner is a better goalie now than that specific year Bishop was because Bishop was coming off of an injury mm. and didn't look healthy as it was. So, And Quick wasn't necessarily great either, so it kind of, you know, they were left without an option. Um, whereas the Golden Knights are uh, playing good enough hockey that if they maybe just play a little bit better, uh, they could have David Ayers in that and still win games. So, yeah. uh, the San Jose Sharks have acquired Brandon Davidson from the Calgary Flames for future considerations. Okay. So there you go. Calgary Flames... Uh, make it an impact. Yeah, future considerations. Once again, uh, the bitch of trade deadline day, although uh, not getting traded quite as much as, as normal. Yeah, taking a year off. I think, yeah. la- I think last year, future considerations got traded four or five times. I think so. I think we're only at two today. Yeah. So, that's that's, that's all right. There it is. Thing, yeah, okay. it looks like things are slowly starting to trickle in uh, from the NHL office. Meredith getting her paperwork in order. Finally got that ink card to change it over. And, uh, yeah, um... Trade deadline day. Yeah, never disappoints. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. I, I don't know if I'm gonna wait for Meredith to get the rest of her shit together here. I think, I think, you know, I think we're good. You all have the internet. Yeah, it, it'll, everything will happen. I'm sure once we're done here, um, that Dustin Bufflin will be traded to the Panthers or something. But he wouldn't like that. Florida. Maybe, but maybe can you hunt alligators? It's America. You can. You can hunt. Is that legal? Pretty much damn wool, whatever you please. All right. Can you hunt alligators in Florida? In in Florida, yeah, actually, no. I need to be. Yeah. 
specific can you hunt alligator hunting season is about yeah yeah you can hunt i'm not really that surprised he he actually he would like it there he might bufflin to florida e e3 i'll say i don't get the what what is the e3 thing so back in the day uh do you remember eckland i remember the name yeah Yeah. so so eckland was for those of you don't know was a hockey blogger who um like on Twitter, when you don't have an avatar, you just used to have the egg. You would just have the Twitter egg. Like, Eklund was literally just like a black silhouette as his profile picture. And he just like... He, he had his own blog website where he, like, supposed that he was an insider. And I believe it was because he got, like, two trades correct um, on one, like, on one day. That everyone was like, um, you know, like, this guy's f- for real. And so he kept his blog going, and I think it's still on. Uh, it was called Hockey Buzz. And basically, he got a couple things right one time, so he started, like, making up rumors all the time to try to get people to buy in. And all they were were just trades that seemed logical that everyone else could have either figured out with, like, a couple crazy ones, like, peppered in. Basically, he was just, like, playing the logic game, but, like, also trying to be a little bit outlandish. He wasn't very good. Um, but the the E system comes from, you know, the level of source. He would, like, rate the source kind of thing. So, oh. if it was an E5, you could be sure that this was coming down the pipeline. He would only report, like, an E5 when it was, like, you know... Already done. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he went to Senator's practice that day, and they pulled off fucking Brian Smolinski. And he's like, Smolinski uh, has been traded. Not sure where yet. E5. And it was like, oh, yeah, well, because that practice was open to the public, so he probably went to that or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he had, like, a legit a few sources, but this guy was just some bum, I think, in a, in a basement. Fair enough. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm going E3 on Ec- on uh, Bufflin. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the GM Talon's still being pressured into cutting a lot more salary, so I don't know what they're going to pay him. But hmm. Yeah. And now I'm reading an uh, uh, an an article about Eckland. Uh, Eckland had a uh, Eckland had a. 23.2% accuracy rating in his lists. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, um, this was a nice time. Yeah. I had a really nice time. I had a nice time, too. It's It was nice to celebrate such a nice day with you. It is, um, it's going to be a nice race to the end. Uh, we're in the final stretch of the NHL season. Yeah. This is it. This is, this is go time. The trades have stopped. If the, if the Leafs miss the playoffs, do we just end our season in like mid-April this year or do we go all the way to June again? <laughs> we'll see how bad the to collapse be, is. To be determined, uh, Laced Up's final episode of the season, late April, uh, E2. I'll give that one an E2. Wow. Yeah. You should, get a, like, you should, you should bring in the B system, the B2. It's because I talked to two guys, so I, instead of one, it's E2. Rook to B2. Knights to six nine. Um, we'll be back on Monday next week, I think. Sure. Yeah, let's see why not. Yeah. Okay. I hope everybody had a nice time. I know we did. Sounds Goodbye. Good. Yeah. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're gonna make friends in no time. Mister! Get me out of here! We're just.
Legalized. I got that good shit in my pocket. Woke up, took a trip to the market where they jar it and zip lock it. Had to stop at the gas station as I walked along my way to pick up my chick some chocolate. You know, Ferrero Rocher. No surprise, soon as I arrive, she greets me with them pretty eyes and thighs. I said hi, she replies, Are you high? Yes, how'd you guess? Do I look a mess? She said, I saw you through the people with that pre roll Chico. She know my demeanor is calmer when I smoke as much as I wanna. I ain't never got no worries. I ain't really ever got no drama. I'm a perfect gentleman as I enter into her abode. Ready for whatever unfolds. I like you better when you're high. Cause when you're high, you never make me cry. I like you better when you smoke. Cause when you smoke, you love it on my Hanging out at your house with an ounce in my pouch. Fuck your couch, fuck your couch. We be fucking on your couch. When you bounce like you bounce, I can see you as my spouse. Girl, you sound like Minnie Mouse with your little shrilly shouts. I'm in heaven at your casa. King like Mufasa Before I got to say Hasta la vista We feast on some pasta Lots of women that I've been with Don't approve of my ways But you different And I think it's amazing 